Okay, everybody, here we go. Hi, I'm S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 273. Now, this one is actually a best of episode. I wanted to do one a while ago, but but this is a longer episode because I put in a lot of best of clips from shows that you said you liked and uh, clips that you said you liked. So here we go. Um... And at the very end of this best of episode is the complete first episode, which is a short one because I hadn't decided whether or not this is what I wanted to keep doing. So it's it's at the very end in its entirety. And uh, because I didn't have it at the end of the show, I'm just going to put all the all the information right, right here. So you can just go through and listen to the whole show without me annoying you, even though you're listening to me annoy you. But it's the stuff you wanted me to annoy you with. <laughs> OK, the uh, social media for this for me is uh on Twitter at S Anthony Thomas for the show at S Anthony says uh, Instagram is uh, S Anthony Thomas. The show could be heard on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeart Radio. The home base is S Anthony says dot And I'm also on the podcast revolution network. So thank you guys very much for listening to the show all these years. Um, thank you for recommending me to everybody. I really, really appreciate it. Much love to you all. So here it is. The first S. Anthony says best of episode 2013 to 2016. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Let me tell you a little story, people. It's the story of cat women. And a lot of times people get to give women that have cats a bad rap. And I don't give women that have cats a bad rap. I mean, there's a certain level of catness that I think would make me go. <laughs> no. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, if a woman has two cats, I'm cool with that, you know. But the thing you have to realize is, much like children, you have to get the cat on your side. I've dated women that have children, but the thing is, kids love me, so that's really not a big deal, you know what I mean? As soon as I walk in, the kids are like, yeah, um, I like that guy, so it's never been a problem. Kids immediately like me, so it's no big deal. But cats... You know, quite frankly, animals love me too. But the thing is, there was one lady who had a cat that just did not play that shit. You know, cats can be territorial. All animals can be territorial. But this cat was seriously a territorial. You know, I'd walk in and I'd be hanging out with her and the cat would walk in the room. And the cat, I'm telling you, I, I, I know you're going to think that I'm making this up. I know you're going to think that I'm being uh, weird or anything like that. But I'm telling you, I, I'm. this is the truth. This is the, the, the truth. The cat walked behind me and I heard the cat call me the N-word. And I just did. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it at all. First of all, the cat was also black. So right there, what's up with that? Second of all, the woman I was getting it on with who owned the cat was black. So seriously, that is some self-hating right there. You damn cat. You self-hating black cat. You're also black. Damn it. You should be fighting with people that say you're bad luck. Not with me, you bastard. Black cats are bad luck. Come on. Quite frankly, I don't even think black cats are bad luck. I think all the stuff that happens to you, the black cats did that shit on purpose. Oh my cat, back in the black cat, go you, you the black cats bad luck. You, you well, watch out for the black cats, they're bad luck. And I used to think it was a superstition. I used to think it until that one time I was in the kitchen table and I was about to eat dinner with the girl I was seeing at the time and something heavy fell off towards me and it almost landed on me. And I looked up and the black cat was sitting on top of the counter right next to me and that thing was right next to the cat and that thing almost landed on me. I don't think it was an accident. No, I don't. Especially when the cat said, take that, you bastard. And I'm going, what the, what? 
I only thought that cat knew the N-word. I didn't know that the cat could actually say, take that, you bastard, when pushing a vase toward my head. I didn't realize cats could do that, and I didn't like it. I also didn't like the fact that when I went to pick up the cat, not only did the cat try to bite me, I detected brake fluid on its paws, so I had my car towed. I'm not an idiot. Nice try, cat, trying to land something on my head and then cutting my brakes, you piece of shit. You little furry bastard. I know what the deal is, cat. Think I don't know those kind of tricks. Like that time I went over to a girlfriend's house and my car window got shot out and I saw the dog in the house holding a rifle talking about, damn, missed him, freaking dog. But as it turns out, the dog and I became good friends after that and the dog wrote me a letter of apology. So I'm cool with the dog, even though that was pretty, pretty mean. And But the damn cat, I don't like it. So I'm with the girl and I... The cat was one of those cats that likes to sleep on the bed with the girl. But guess what, cat? <laughs> I'm a human male with a penis like this, so you lose. <laughs> so the cat's outside listening at the door, which is ironic because while I was in there with the girl, I made it a point to do it with a doggy style, just to rub it into the cat. Not only am I getting the deliciousness of this woman that's with me now, cat, but I'm giving it to her in the style of the animal that hates you the most. Oh, yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. In fact, I invented mouse style just to do it to a mouse style to get it on with her in the style of an animal that you hate the most. Deal with it, punk. But the cat just wouldn't stop. Every time I was alone with the cat, the cat tried to scratch me, tried to bite me, little punk bastard. But I was like, no, I really enjoy getting it on with this woman, so quite frankly... I can deal with you, cat. Eventually, the cat started to show me, you know, grudging respect. The cat went, most guys wouldn't take having vases thrown at them, being called the N-word, and cutting their break. Most guys would have quit by now, but I'm going to show you a little respect. I'm still going to try to kill you, but I just want to let you know that I respect you. I respect you. Yeah, that's right. The cat actually said those words. I don't know why I didn't take that cat someplace and put it on stage and make millions of dollars. I was so busy concentrating on getting it on with that woman. I was dumb back then. Then one day, the lady decided she had to go someplace and left me in the apartment with the cat. And I was okay with it. Until I saw the cat had grenades and I went, oh crap, this is bullshit. I think I might actually get killed by this cat because... The cat has a grenade. I don't even know how the cat got a grenade. How do cats get grenades? I don't know. Maybe it's an underground cat grenade black market. I don't know. I didn't take time to think about that because this cat had a grenade, damn it. And as the cat juggled the grenade and looked at me, making the throat slashing gesture, which is really weird that cats can do that. You didn't know cats could do that. That's because you have a good cat. Shut up. But then the lady said, you know what? Oh, I have time to feed the cat. You feed the cat. So I took the food out of the cat can, dumped it into the cat's bowl, and walked toward the cat. And the cat looked at me and went, You're going to feed me? After all I've done? And I said, Yes, cat. I'm going to feed you, even though you've done that stuff, cat. I'm going to feed you. And the cat said, You know what? You're all right with me, human. After all I've done to you, you're going to feed me anyway? And the cat took off its fatigues and 
jumped off the table and opened up a case where it had all of its grenades. Six were in there. Well, five were in there. It was a total of six. Put the grenade back into the case, locked it, and says, you know what? I like you. You're feeding me now. I'm going to save these grenades for the dog. That's what I'm going to do. That's right. Sorry, I had to pause the story because someone was calling me in the middle of it. And I had to start the watching machine. But I'm back now to finish the story, damn it. So if you hear anything in the back, that's the watching machine because I'm actually at home. And there's someone upstairs who doesn't realize I'm recording my podcast. Back to the story of the damn cat. So the cat puts the grenade back, damn it. And says, okay, human, you're okay with me. You're feeding me. And I said, that's right, cat, I'm feeding you. And that's the kind of guy I am. Don't take it personally, cat. I'm just here to get it on with this woman. She may even be become my girlfriend. I know she owns you, but she also owns my heart. And then the cat said to me, you actually love her, don't you? And I said, I, dude, I didn't say that shit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on now, man. I mean, come on. The only reason, only reason you're still in the house is because she feeds you and you don't want to get run over by cars. You understand? I mean, don't try to act like you some you love human beings. I mean, let's be honest. If you were the size of a lion, you'd have killed her by now. You know that. And the cat said to me, yeah, it's pretty much true. Yeah, it's pretty true. If, you know, if I was the size of a lion, I would have killed and ate both of you already. And I said, I understand that, cat. I understand that. And the cat said, you're pretty cool. And from that moment on, the cat and I were good friends. The cat and I never had a problem again. In fact, I grew to love the cat more than I enjoyed the woman. I liked that cat. I would actually show up at her house. And the first thing I would do was pick up and hug the cat. And then she got jealous. And she said, you love that cat more than you love me. And I said, what makes you think that? As we, me and the cat, pushed her outside so we could have time alone watching movies. And she would be outside listening to me and the cat going, can I come in? This is my apartment. And I said, okay, you can come in. But whatever you do, you sit over there. I'm here with the cat. That's right. The cat and I had a good relationship. There were times when I would drive by the house, even after we broke up, and the cat would look out the window and see me and wave its paw. And I would say, okay, cat, I like you too. And I was hoping that one day the cat would sneak out of the house and come outside so we could have fun. I even came by a few times and dropped off a few dead rats in front of her apartment. Which actually didn't go over well because she thought that you know, this was after we broke up. And she thought that I was being some kind of weird dude that I was, you know, putting dead rats in front of her house because I was threatening her. You know, but as it turns out, I, she realized eventually that it was just a peace offering for the cat that I like now more than her. And then one day I found out that the cat died and I wondered, did she do something to the cat because the cat loved me more? She was that kind of mean person and I couldn't take it. I couldn't believe that the cat was gone. I couldn't believe it. I believe she did something to the cat and I was pissed off. I would drive by and I'd point at her and I'd say, you cat killer. And she would say, I don't remember you. And I would say, we dated a couple of years ago. And she would go, oh yeah, you're the crazy dude that kept dropping off dead rats with a cat. And I was like, that's right. She goes, you know, the cat really is dead. I mean, I love the cat. I, 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 did, I didn't kill the cat. The cat just, the cat was 14 years old, you dumb bastard. And I said, oh, then this is just kind of awkward, isn't it? And she said, yes, that's kind of awkward. And then I said, okay, I'm leaving now. And then the dude she married said, is that the dude that was leaving the dead rats with a cat? And he keeps driving by leaving dead rats with a cat. He, he's, he's got mental problems. And I said, hey, mind your business, you bastard. And then I saw her new cat. Her new cat. And her new cat held up a letter. And on the letter it said, this is a letter from the old cat. Here's some instructions. 
on how to be nice to that man because he loves cats. And then the cat looked at her new husband and made the throat slash gesture and waved a grenade. And I said, it's great that cats are doing what cats do, killing the boyfriends and the husbands. I remember the old cat. And as I drove away, I said to myself, Meow. because that's what the cat would have said. The cat would have said, Meow. Well, he would have said that to you people because he actually spoke English to me. <laughs> oh, boy, that medication is really strong that I'm taking right now. And I, I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> I need help. Let me tell you a little story. Guy has a vicious, vicious dog, but he's had the dog since he was a puppy. And he's always maintained control of that animal. He gets a little out of hand, but he's got a chain around his neck. And he grows up with that chain around his neck. And the person who owns the dog, feeds the dog, gives the dog water, takes the dog out, and the dog gets bigger and bigger. And his teeth get bigger. And his jaws get bigger. And he's bigger and stronger and muscular and tough and killer and destructors and killer and killer and killer. He's a big, giant, gigantic dog who, if he was let out, could kill and crush and destroy and kill and eat cars and and burp up trees and all of that crap but he's had that chain around his neck the whole time and he tried his hardest when he was younger to break that chain but now his mindset is well there's a chain around my neck and this guy gives me a good place to live and i get food whenever i need the food and i got water so i'm okay but one day the guy who owns the dog and has a chain around the dog's neck gets mad at somebody. So angry at somebody that even though he's been mad before, he's never been this mad before. And the guy he's mad at is right in front of him. And he wants to use this opportunity to get back at that bastard. He's going to do something now he's never done before. He really hates that guy and wants to get that guy and kill him and crush him and destroy him and kill him and destroy him and kill him and double kill him and triple kill him and all of that crap. And what does he do? He unhooks the leash and says sick him and he sicks his big giant dog on that guy and the guy starts running away and the guy dies through his car window and the dog bites him on his leg and his foot and bites his leg and and the guy kicks the dog and and somehow the dog is even so big he can't even get in the thing inside the car but he's still biting <laughs> trying to bite bite the guy the guy gets his car keys out sticks it in there <laughs> pulls off and the dog's sitting there with a little bit of blood on his mouth looking at the, the, the guy and the dog tries to bite the car, but the car gets away. Yeah, the guy's laughing like, ha, 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 I hate that guy, and now my dog bit him. That's right, that's what you get. That's right, come back here, boy. And the dog looks back like, hmm, that was kind of fun biting somebody. I mean, the person I just bit is just like the jackass that was holding that chain around my neck. And I now realize how strong I am. I mean, when I bit that guy, I almost knocked his car over. I bit him on the leg and he was screaming and crying like a punk and he drove away. And now the person who had the chain around my neck does not have the chain around my neck. And I now know what I can do. I know what kind of power I have. I know what I can do. Oh, yeah. So the owner of the dog comes around and tries to put the chain back on the dog's neck and the dog bites the owner on the hand and the owner pulls his hand back. Ow! And the dog looks up like, ha, 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 I can hurt him. Oh, I don't need that bastard anymore. I don't need him. I can eat him if I wanted to. I don't even have time to waste my time eating him. There's a whole lot of other people to eat. I ain't got to waste my time with that punk. And he runs away. And the owner of the dog tries to catch the dog, but he can't catch the dog. It's a dog. Humans can't run as fast as dogs, especially not dogs as big and strong. 
wrong and he pulls away and now he's out there running around biting people or trying to bite people he's uncontrollable and the person that let him off the leash can't even control him anymore in fact he better not even try to control him because remember the last time he, when he tried to put the leash back on him he got his hand bit and now he knows he done effed up. Oh, no, I should have kept my leash on the bastard. I should have just had him on a leash and scared people with him. I should have never let him go. I should have never let him go. Now, why did I tell that story? Because that's what happens when you get somebody with some juice. They don't even understand how powerful they are until you let them loose. You let them loose. And now you can't even control them. But you started off talking about social media. Then you went off talking about some damn dogs. What's the point, you bastard? The point is, <laughs> people didn't realize how powerful social media was until it was out of their control. You put something out on social media, you think you're controlling it, and then all of a sudden, bam, it turns into something else. You know, you take a picture of yourself with your ass out, wham, it ain't yours anymore. It's not yours anymore, right? You now know that you can't do that, right? There's people like, like I, there's certain things I won't put on the internet because I know once I put them on the internet, they're not mine anymore. The stuff you see is the stuff I want you to see, right? It's a monster that we had control over and it kind of it blew up into something that we can't control anymore. The social media, even though it's just a bunch of ones and zeros and servers, it's almost like it kind of became a self-aware type of machine and monster that we can't control anymore. Look what's happening to people now. You know, one celebrity or a politician can say something bad about a regular person and all of a sudden they're getting death threats. I'll come kill you, lady. How dare you say something against whatever, whatever. Well, you know, I know where you live, bitch. You bastard, I know where you live. <laughs> It's out of our control, man. And I think that's what's starting to happen to people now with a certain politician that they thought they had control over or thought they could control. But now that the leash has been taken off, he's not just biting the people that he was aimed at. He's now starting to bite the hands of the people that thought they had him on the leash securely. Now he's running around biting everybody. And you kind of wish you kept the leash on the bastard, didn't you? You kind of wishing you kept him in the backyard tied up where you can control him, you know? But you can't control him now, can you? Social media, angry dogs, politicians, different things when you look at them in the abstract. But are they really that different? Hmm? something with the potential to have almost unlimited power for its circumstances. And if you don't control the bastard, it will turn around and bite the crap out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying basically is, listen, we got to be a little more careful. What we put on social media, you know that somebody screenshots that crap. It's not yours anymore. 
putting people on these reality television programs and you think somebody's a nice guy or a nice gal, you give them all those eyes and the power of all those eyes. And I need more of those eyes. And then they turn into something completely different. They become this big a-hole. Why? Because I got these eyes on me now. You can't control that guy now. Before, honey, don't say that. But now he's on TV. And every time he says that, the ratings go up. And when the ratings go up, his power goes up. Oh, F you, honey. I'm getting a divorce. I'm going to Hollywood. Ha ha ha. Senator, whatever, president, whatever, congressman, whatever, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the job now. And incumbents win 80% of the time, jackass, which means most likely there's nothing you can do to me anyway. Besides, I'm getting a whole bunch of money from those jackasses over there. And how much did you contribute? Nothing but your vote. Yeah, you might want to sit down and shut up, punk. These are the lessons that nobody learns. <laughs> Even though the information is right in front of us, nobody learns that. So, all I would say is, just think about, th- just think before you involve yourself with certain things in, in, in a way that's going to hurt you. You know, don't think I'm just going to aim that politician at those people. You give them that power, it's going to come back to you. Don't put stupid things online. And don't let the eyes on you give you a big head and make you do things you don't want to do or, or shouldn't do. Because you'll never see me doing that. Never. Save it over. Oh, you think they bought that bullshit? <laughs> well, you know, you got a good audience there. They're pretty nice people. You kidding me? The second I become famous, are you kidding me? You kidding me? I'm not. I'm the second I get some money, I'm gonna have tons of sex with no condoms. That's right. Knock up as many women as possible. I'll be rich and famous by then, and it won't matter what anybody thinks. I'll do what I want. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna snort coke off of hookers while I kick baby seals in the face. That's what I'm going to do for fun. Oh, that's going to be great. That's right. Oh, I can't, there's a whole bunch of baby seals I was looking at, and I'm going, I can't wait to kick you, buddy. Sitting there looking cute. People, oh, he's, oh, don't do that to the baby seals. I don't give a shit about any baby seals. I'm going to kick them because I can kick them. That's right. And then Dane, you know, I always used to pop a post online about how I can't stand when rich dudes and rich ladies go around killing endangered species, like shooting a lion and all of that crap. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choke lions till they're almost dead, then revive them, and then choke them to almost to death again, then revive them, then almost choke them again, just for fun. You know, that's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get a list of endangered animals and then because inst- I'm not a really bad guy. I don't want to kill the endangered species. I just want to choke them till they're almost dead, then revive them, then choke them again, then revive them, then choke them again. You know, it's going to be kind of weird because I'm going to keep doing it to the same animals and I'm going to show up and they're going to the animals are going to go. Oh, God, that's the human being that keeps choking us till we're almost dead, reviving us, then choking us and reviving us, then choking us again. That guy, what kind of sick bastard pays that kind of money to choke us and revive us and choke us and revive us, then choke us and revive us again. 
I mean, this is disgusting. He's, 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 I don't know whether, whether he's worse than a dude that kills people. I mean, not people, but kills other animals like us. You know, at least the lion, you shoot the lion and the lion's dead and he doesn't have any misery. You know, but me, I mean, I'm sitting there going, oh, God, look at this guy. He, he, has, he actually has special gloves with, with an emblem on it that says, choke the baby seal. You know, and he has one, I, I, he's, this guy's sick. One glove says choke the baby seal, and he has an, on his other glove, revive the baby seal. And what does he do? He chokes us with one glove, and then he revives us with the other glove by slapping the crap out of us. What kind of sick bastard is that? Coming in here, having a, spending all this, giving all the money to the people that c- collected us. And he chokes us with one hand and revives us with the other one. Humans are bastards. Oh, here he comes. He comes as Anthony again. Uh, hi, Charles. Hi, it's Anthony. You're going to choke me and revive me, then choke me to revive me, then choke me to revive me again? You're damn right. <laughs> but this time, you know, because I've actually built up a relationship with you, I'm not going to choke you till you pass out. I'm just going to choke you, and then when your eyes start to roll up, I'm then I'm going to let go. That way I don't actually have to use my reviving hand, you know, because we have a relationship. That's still really, really uncomfortable. I really don't care. I paid my money to choke you, so, you know. Quite frankly, you might want to shut the hell up because if I go back and give him another couple grand, I'll actually get to kill you. <sighs> All right, here's my neck. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, baby seal. <laughs> up, 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 up. Almost killed you. <laughs> Smack. I'm back. Ah, revived. <laughs> that's 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 just great. Oh, it's great. It's choking a baby seal, then reviving him, then choking him, then reviving him, then choking him, reviving him again. Uh, but I'm getting a little bored with that. You know, I mean, it's like, even I, even though I'm spending all of this great money to choke and revive and choke and revive and choke and revive these baby seals, I'm starting to feel guilty about it. So I'm not going to do it. You know, I mean, I'm starting to feel guilty about this whole thing. Because I was, I was online and I saw this thing where there's a country where they actually take dogs and, you know, tie them to strings and spin them around. And it's called dog spinning. And those people are sick. Those people are just, I can't believe it. Uh, I think they should be, that's a disgusting tradition. You know, chokes, tying the, cat, the dog up and spinning them and all of that crap. I'm not doing that crap. You're never going to see me doing anything like that just because I have this unlimited power. I'm not doing anything like that. I, I'm the kind of person that's responsible with the way I treat animals. From now on, you know what, baby seals, no more choking, reviving, choking, reviving, and choking, reviving you. From now on, I'm just going to come here and pet you and feed you. Really? That's right. Because you don't want to be choked and revived and choked and revived and choked and revived, do you? No, we don't. We would really prefer that you don't do that. From now on, I'm going to just come here and, 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 and spend some money, and I'm going to pet you and hug you and feed you fish. Well, thank you. It's really great to not be choked. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, it makes choking you more fun. <laughs> Let me slap the crap out of you. Revive it. <laughs> that was horrible. I can't believe you got my hopes up. And then choked and revived and choked and revived and choked and revived me again. <laughs> Look at the sign over there. Read the sign, baby seal. For an extra $5,000, you can get the baby seal's hopes up and then choke and revive it and choke and revive and then choke and revive them. It's a new package. You'll love it, humans. You'll love it. Baby seal, oh, you're horrible. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Okay, I'm sorry that that was wrong. That that that's that, that's horrible. Baby seals. I I shouldn't. 
I shouldn't do that. I should just respect you as another. I mean, you know, you're you're really a, a, when it comes down to it, you're really really a cute animal. You know what I mean? I mean, we have dogs in our houses. If you were as small as a dog and could do the things that a dog could do, you know, you're just as cute as dogs in some ways. And we could we would actually you know domesticate you to the point where you could live uh, with us humans. You know, that would be great. And in fact. Now that I'm an incredibly powerful man, I think that that's what I'm going to do. I feel bad about choking, reviving, and choking, reviving, and choking, reviving. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a pool in the back of my house, get some um, some fish, and I'm going to take you, and you pick a friend of yours, and I'm going to take you, pick a lady friend of yours, okay? And I'm going to take you guys to my house. You don't have to live in this cra- crazy place and deal with all of this crap. I'm going to take you home with me, and then... You know, then you you can live a good life, you know, because, you know, and then you, you think about well, you have unlimited supply of fish. You have a great place. You know what I'm saying? If you want, I'll take the big screen TV. I turn it around to to face outside. You're going to watch the UFC fights. I don't know if you, if you baby seals like that crap, uh, but uh, but you could have that. So would that does that sound like something you'd like to do? As a matter of fact, it would. Thank you. <laughs> you really didn't see this coming, stupid. <laughs> I was just getting your hopes up again so I could choke your ass some more. <laughs> Let me slap the crap out of you to revive you. Smile. <laughs> oh, that was great, you dumb bastards. I'll see you next year, okay? <laughs> God, baby seals are stupid. <laughs> You're still recording this? Mm, I gotta be a little more careful when I keep forgetting the dumb bastard. I don't know when to stop the recording. Um, I just want to say, folks, that... Um, uh, what you just overheard did not actually happen. Um, you know, uh, everything after um, when I said segment over, when the segment was supposed to have ended, um, the part about that you just heard with me choking baby seals and then reviving them, then choking them and then reviving them and choking them and reviving them, <clears throat> that was all part of a comedy sketch. Uh, I I'd nev- I would never actually, you know, spend money to choke baby seals and then revive them, then choke them and revive them and choke them and revive them. You know that whole section of the of the segment where I was trying to get people to, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, keep the power of social media and stuff like that and politicians in check. That was the real me. You know, the part about me laughing about the baby seal choking. That that part was that's not me. That was a that that was a comedy sketch. And uh, but the, hey, uh, the, the the place just called up and said they have some new baby seals for you to choke and revive and choke and revive and choke and revive. Because the baby seals that you were choking and reviving and choking and reviving and choking and reviving, um, well, they escaped because they knew you were going to come back and they said something about you being a disgusting human being and you sick bastard and they hope you, 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 should, you, should, be just, you should be taught a lesson for choking and reviving and choking and reviving and choking and reviving these baby seals. <laughs> He's just getting in on the comedy. <laughs> Because that, that that none of that actually happened. <clears throat> so uh, you know, I just uh, I, I actually like babies. I've never actually seen a baby seal in person, so I definitely could not have you know gone to a place designed specifically for me to um, choke and revive and then choke and revive and then choke and revive baby seals. I, I I would I wouldn't even need even know how to do that. You don't know how to do it. You started a whole craze. It's actually called the S. Anthony Thomas Baby Seal Choking, Reviving, Choking, Reviving, Choking, Reviving, and Choking, Reviving Technique. They literally named the technique on how to choke baby seals 
and revive them after you. <laughs> oh, that's funny, the fact that you would come up with that off of the cuff. <laughs> I actually have a brochure here that says, learn how to choke baby seals and revive them and choke them and revive them and choke them and revive them like podcaster S. Anthony Thomas. Oh, <laughs> Oh, God, you really don't know how to stop the jokes, right? <laughs> the fuck is wrong? <laughs> <He's, laughs> <clears throat> uh, you know, this comedy uh, 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 section is, is over. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> uh, in a segment for real this time, but I'll just you know, let you know that the stuff in the beginning of the <clears throat> the segment was was it was real, but everything after um, the part about the seals was um, fake. So um, you know, uh, the segment over. What the hell is wrong with you, man? You're trying to get me in trouble with my audience? They don't need to know that shit. You, you just shut your mouth. Hey guys, let me ask you a question. I was watching the uh, MMA fights the other night with some friends, and. Uh, what happened was there was there was a bunch of friends and then there were some people that were friends of friends. And I was used to the stupid crap that the friends that I knew said. But the new guys were saying all sorts of dumb crap. And the people I'm with normally know not to say anything really stupid like, I could kick that guy's ass. But there were two guys that literally 90% of the words that he said during the entire evening consisted of, I could kick that guy's ass. And dumb commentary during the fight. Why don't you just stop him from punching him in the face? Really? You, you, oh, you really? Is that, what you, is that what you think he should do? You think the guy who's fighting should try to stop the other guy from punching him in the face? I am so glad that you came up with that incredible strategy. And, uh, you know, is, is there a way we could, we could tweet the guy during the fight to let him know that maybe he should, he should stop the, his opponent from punching him in the face and kicking him in the chest? Dumb bastard. You know, he says, and this guy, now, you know how guys get into the bravado thing and they, they talk about how they could kick someone's ass. But this guy literally thought he could actually, keep in mind, this guy's 40. And um, how can I put it? Um, he has nice tits. You understand what I'm saying? He thinks he could kick these 26-year-old guys, world-class guys' asses. When you People have to realize, when you watch a sport on television, when you watch basketball, baseball, whatever the sport is, just because one guy is way better than another guy doesn't mean you could be you are better than the guy that's losing. If you took the if you took someone that played in the NBA that was a bench warmer, okay, someone who very got six minutes a night, you took him to a playground, he'd kill everybody on that playground. He would destroy them. They wouldn't be able to even slow him down. Okay? If you took a professional pitcher that got cut from the worst team in, in you know in Major League Baseball and took him to uh, took him to the park with a bunch of regular people trying to hit his his fastball, you wouldn't even come close to it. And it's the same thing with these martial artists. Just because one martial artist is way better than another one or is a bad matchup for another martial artist doesn't mean you could kick that person's ass. You could take someone that was cut from the UFC after one fight, put that person in the bar, and he would whip the ass of everybody in that bar without spilling his beer. So a 40-year-old guy with tits really needs to shut <laughs> I'm just because the thing is I'm looking at this guy going dude I mean come on man you know and I'm not shaming anybody for having tits as a dude I know what that's like I've had that happen okay I'm not a, I'm not proud of it I'm also not proud of the fact that 
I delayed working out and getting in shape because I like feeling my own breasts. Yeah. I used to have some real nice little man titties. They were good stuff. Yeah. If, I mean, um, what? <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Back to the story. But you're not going to beat these people's ass. Now, I don't have a lot of experience with martial arts. I mean, I took some, you know, little courses here and there just to get in shape. But that's all I wanted to do when I was taking a little bit of martial arts. I just wanted to get in shape. I was in the room full of people that really knew what they were talking about. They were really you know, trying to get into tournaments. You know, these are people that wanted to get the black belt and they wanted to. They loved I mean, martial arts, just like comedy and podcasting, is something I really, really love doing for them. Martial arts was the, the thing, man. They couldn't get enough of it, man. They, they loved it. They ate it. They breathed it. You know, they wanted to fight in tournaments. I mean, these people loved martial arts so much. Even people from different schools would beat the crap out of each other and then be laughing and joking about it, having a burger together. You remember that time you kicked my ass? How about that time you kicked my ass? People on the street don't understand. If somebody kicks your ass in the street, you never, you hate that person. I'm 96 years old. That bastard over there kicked my ass back in 1946. Uh, Jesus Christ. If I could see out of both eyes, I'd beat the shit out of him. Bastard. <laughs> right? So these, these, these are real guys. real and, and ladies, too. I mean, back then, there was not a lot of ladies in the class. You know, but uh, but they were there, and, and, and they were kicked. They were ass-kicking women, man. And these people really, really loved martial arts and took it really, really seriously. So when I went in there with them, um, I was watching them and I realized how martial, I, I just took the martial arts because I wanted to get in shape. I went to a gym and, and, and it was a, it was a little bit of an expensive gym, a little more expensive than I wanted to pay at the time. And the reason it was expensive was because essentially with the gym membership, you got an opportunity to take part of any class that was actually in the gym. One of the classes was, uh, was Taekwondo and one was, uh, uh, uh Tai Chi and one was Wing Chun. You know, and, uh, you know, yoga classes and kickboxing classes. So I decided just basically I use them at the same way you would use a cardio. You know, you know, some people hit a heavy back. I was like, I'll just keep bouncing back and forth between these martial arts classes. I'm not trying to get a black belt. I just want to mix my workout up, up. You know what I mean? So I go in there. And. I'm just, you know, doing the punches and kicks and the hit the hit, hit these pad. Hey, whoa, whoa. So the guy goes, hey, you got some pretty fast hands. Uh, what's your name? Uh, you know, and I told him my name and we go to the. So why don't you go over there and spar with him, you know, get him warmed up. And I'm like, all right. So I'm, I'm with the dude and we're out there and I got I'm got a white belt on. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to work out and get in shape. And these guys are preparing for a tournament. And they didn't they ran out of people. So they needed somebody else. They needed I was I was there. So what the hell? So I'm in there with this green belt guy and he's looking at me like, <laughs> All right, this ought to be fun. Let me just run around with this white belt punk a little bit. And, uh, you know, you know what I mean? This is basically, this is going to be warming up, you know. And I, I'm basically out there just going, I just don't want to waste this guy's time. So we're doing our little thing. He's throwing kicks. I'm throwing kicks. We're throwing punches, this, that, the other. And it's very obvious he's, not only is he not kicking or punching at full speed or full force, he's making it a point not to hit me seriously. You know, and I appreciated that. So I throw a kick and it's, you know, and... He's ducking because he he thought it was the same kick I was throwing last time. I was throwing kicks to his to his hip. I wanted to stay away from the knee because I didn't want to accidentally hit this guy in the knee and have him as a reflex beat the shit out of me. I didn't try to kick him in the head uh, because um, I couldn't reach his head. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm basically my, all of my kicks are shin level and on and at waist level and maybe a little couple of push kicks to the stomach. That's it. I am just basically trying to work out. 
I so I throw a, a sidekick. I'm trying to hit him in the arm, and he ducks and I clack, I crack him across the side of his head. And he looks up at me, and it was one of those things. You ever see that movie Kill Bill when the music comes on, where the, when the uh, lady's about to kill everybody? And he looks up at me. You know, he had the same look Bruce Lee has when he's like, "Did you just hit me, motherfucker?" Okay, and so he gets up and it's like, and I could tell his body language was completely different. Now his body language is like, yeah, uh, you caught me with a kick to the head in front of everybody. I'm going to have to fuck you up a little bit, which is exactly what he did. Now, he didn't really try to hurt me, but it was basically he was just one of the let everybody that just saw the white belt kick him in the head. He wanted to prove that it was a fluke. And the only way to prove that it was a fluke was by beating the shit out of me. <laughs> He smacked me around for like 20 minutes, you know, and uh, then after he's okay, all right. and then we stand next to the, the the instructor and he, of course, raised the guy's hand, not my hand. And we walk off and he goes, oh, it was a pretty good shot, kid. Pretty good shot. I said, I, I, I wasn't even trying to do it. He goes, I know, but you know, you know, and he felt good because he beat the shit out of the new guy. And I started realizing, and you, you have to realize that when you take martial arts, even, even just peripherally, like I did, I, like I said, I'm not a martial artist, but I just took it to keep, to keep in shape, you know? Um, you know, I was basically just trying to get to the Tybo level. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to fuck, you know, beat anybody's ass. I don't even know how I walked in because I, I didn't think that he was going to kick my ass or that I was going to catch him with a, a sidekick to the head. But the thing is, I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying $50 to use the gym. I don't even lift the weights. Not much. I just basically come up here and just bounce back and forth between these martial arts, you know, to keep my, to try to get my cardio going. And I realized I am essentially, I'm paying 50 bucks to have people that know how to fight beat the shit out of me. Now, it would be different if I was taking martial arts at that time seriously because I wanted to be a martial artist and I wanted to advance in the belts. But basically, I'm like, I'm just basically, I'm just walking in this and I'm just getting my ass whooped. And I realized a lot of the people in the class were the same way. We weren't really trying to be martial artists. We just thought it was interesting and wanted to work out. And these people who are actually martial artists are just beating the shit out of us. And I'm giving you 50 bucks a month to beat the shit out of me. That's what I was thinking. I'm sitting there going, I've actually been mugged. And this is what it feels like. when, Like if you have 50 bucks in your wallet and then the mugger beats the shit out of you and takes the money out your wallet and then throws the wallet on you while you're on the ground. You know, I mean, I've only been mugged a couple times when I was younger. But that's, you know, and the person, luckily for me, the person didn't get any money. But I still got tuned up by a couple of dudes when, that, when they were in a bathroom one time. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? This is what it felt like, the punches and the kicks. This is what the, this, I'm, I'm going, wait a minute. I'm basically paying people 50 bucks to beat me the fuck up three to four times a week. What is this shit? I'm, I, started to, I started to think about that. I said, wait a second. I'm, start, I'm getting suspicious. I mean, if I'm figuring this out, they must know we're not really teaching these people any real martial artists, arts. The real martial artists are the people on the other side of the room. These are just people that are just kind of playing around the martial arts. I have an idea. Let's start a martial arts dojo at the top of that gym. Allow the jackasses from downstairs to come up, take a percentage of the money, and we get to just beat up civilians without going to jail. How about that? Hey, sounds good. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I like I like beating up other uh, people with belts and, and who have skill, but. Sometimes it's true. I just really just want to slap the shit out of some people that can't fight back. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. I'm starting to think those bastards were doing that because there was no reason for that. You know, you go home, you got a black eye, you all bruised the hell up and they're like, hey, great job. All right. 
<laughs> really got him good that time, didn't I? <laughs> you better go back downstairs and start lifting them weights, you little punk bastard. <laughs> Any more victims? I mean, uh, I mean, students downstairs. <laughs> but victim is a word from the language of this martial art that means people that we respect. <laughs> you think he bought that? Really? Because I really just want to beat up some new people. <laughs> So I have actually, so I know what it's like to actually be there with someone who actually has been trained to whoop your ass, fight you. And I know what it's like to, to be sitting there thinking that you're going to block something. And by the time you put your hand up to block the kick, the foot has already hit your face and is on its way back to the floor. I know what it's like to throw a punch at somebody and have them be move away from it so fast and crack you in the side of the head that you're going, yeah, um, there are some people that really shouldn't be fighting professionally. I am one of those people. <laughs> right? You know, that's what, that's a really bad feeling to be in. A, I mean, seriously, if, if you go to a martial arts dojo, in any kind of martial arts dojo, and you're the new person there, realize that if anybody in that room that has a belt that's not white could kill you if they wanted to. And the darker the belt, the faster you'd get killed. Any black belt in there, if you got a white belt on and you walk in there, anybody with a brown belt, red belt, or a black belt could kill you in about 10 seconds if they chose to. Just remember that. And these and, and these were and these were people who were studying this these martial arts seriously. So when this guy was at was at the house talking about how he could kick that person's ass, that just reminded me of how I felt when I was actually standing across from people who had brown belts, red belts, and black belts getting hit by these people who were trying not to hurt me. I mean, keep in mind, these are people who are specifically trying not to injure. Well, no, they weren't trying not to hurt me. They were trying not to injure me. They knew I was going to get hurt. Anytime somebody punches you in the face or flips you on the ground and elbows you in the chest or chokes the shit out of you or bends your arm the way it's not supposed to go, or, you know, or does any of that shit, that shit hurts. But they were trying not to injure me. I know what it's like to be, to be fighting people with actual skill when I don't have that actual skill. And how what it's like to literally see someone move so much faster than you and have so much muscle memory to do things instinctively that you'd have to plot out weeks in advance. To do. Well, if he ducks this way, you know what I think I should do? I should probably drop my elbow at that point. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I would do. Meanwhile, this person doesn't even think about it. You throw a punch. Apparently, uh, whoa, 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 this this wall looks like the ceiling. Oh, I'm on the ground. Knock the hell out. Oh, okay. All right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run towards him and tackle him. Hey, this wall looks like the ceiling. Oh, apparently I was choked into unconsciousness. I know what I'll do. I'm going to act like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fake him to the fake to the left and I'm going to throw a sidekick and then I'm going to throw a Superman punch him. Hey, this wall looks like the ceiling. Oh, I got elbowed in the face and knocked the hell out again. You know what? I'm going to go and start using the gym downstairs because the the barbells, the heavy bag and the bikes and the treadmills and the, and the track, they don't beat the shit out of me. You see, I don't mind going home after the gym being sore because I lifted weights or being a little, uh, little worn out because I ran. But you see, I don't have any black eyes, knocked out teeth. I'm not fucked up. My face isn't swollen. I'm not limping for three days. None of that shit. <laughs> so, I'm, so after that, I said, hey, guys, it was fun coming up here and having you beat the shit out of me every day. But I think I'm going to stick to the gym downstairs with the weights and stuff. OK, OK. If you change your mind, I will not be changing my mind. No one has ever gone. These people are beating the shit out of me. Go away for a while and go, you know what? I haven't had the shit beaten out of me for a while. I need some more of that. No, I will not be changing my mind. 
If I come back up here again, it'll be just me hitting. You will be holding pads for me that I kick and hit. You will not be hitting me, damn it. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking about when that guy was sitting there talking about he could kick the people's ass on uh, the UFC fight. I'm going, dude, I fought dudes that wouldn't even be good enough to be in a UFC and I was in really good shape at the time, really fast, you know, like on the street. If somebody people attacked me on the street, they'd get their asses whipped. I go in there. They smack me around like I like I like, a, you know, like I had my hands tied together. And and the UFC doesn't take anybody but the absolute tip top best people. You know what I'm saying? The best of the best of the best on the planet. And you big gut man tits think you're going to go in there and beat these people up with your soon to have an AARP card ass. Shut the fuck up. But of course, being the diplomat that I am, when he was saying all of that stupid shit, the only thing I said to him was, yeah, well, it might be a little tough there, buddy. <laughs> but in my mind, in my mind, was every word you just heard in this segment of the podcast. <laughs> That's all I got to say. As you can hear by the fact that there's no traffic sounds going on in the background, no construction trucks and no no dogs barking. I'm actually indoors recording this. And uh, you know what? I'm going to do something different here. I'm going to answer a question that I got in an email. And it's not a, uh, oh, by the way, this is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Duh. You know what you clicked on, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to answer a question that I got in an email. And uh, a person was wa watched, heard, listened to the podcast and then kind of, you know, went over to Twitter and, and saw my picture and saw that I was a black guy. I'm like, I'm like, how, how could you have listened to any of my podcasts and not know that I was a black dude? But whatever. And the person asked me, have you ever dated a white lady? And the question is, yes, I have. I usually date black ladies because I love black women. But I mean, if I if I like somebody a lot, the ethnicity really doesn't matter to me. And uh, I tell the story. This is the story I, I tell. It was, uh, it was, I was in my early twenties. I was living in California. This is right after I initially moved to California. And, uh, like I said, I normally date black women cause I love them so much. That chocolate skin is like yum, yum, yum. But this one lady was, you know, just made me kind of just go, you know what? I like this lady so much. She is such a nice person and so fun to be with that. None of that's really going to matter at this time. I'm going to date this woman and I don't care about any of that other stuff. So we're having a great time. And as it turns out, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was doing my comedy thing and she was beginning to do her comedy thing. I think she was just kind of checking it out. Um, but she wanted to do it. So we're doing our comedy thing and, uh, and, uh, we're having a good time. We're dating. We're having a great time. We, we had great intellectual conversations. We had fun together. We liked a lot of the same music, liked a lot of the same things. We enjoyed each other's company. And for lack of being, for a better way of saying it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be indelicate. Uh, we guided on a lot. We tore each other up on a regular basis. It was fun. So she wanted to do comedy and she wasn't that good at it yet. And I was already good at it because I had been doing it for seven or eight years at that point. I was a professional at that point. And um, so I wrote her some material. I wrote her about five minutes of material. Um, she goes on. She does an audition. It goes well. And she just wanted to try it out and see what it was like. But the but the material went over so well. And the reason I was able to write material for her that easily was because we had been dating for a while. So I knew her well. I didn't, you know, know her family or anything because she would always come down to see me in Hollywood. But, you know, I wrote her material. It was really easy for me. I mean, I write jokes. That's what I do. It's not a big deal. So she goes and gets passes an audition at this, this comedy club. And as it turns out, she's going to wind up being on a show that I'm on. 
which was kind of cool. It was like a nice little audition showcase type thing for some TV series or something and kind of freaked her out because she just expected to go on. She was super pretty. She just expected to go on stage, do her set and have a nice little story to tell. But they, they go, oh, we want you back and we want you to be on the showcase. So she's freaking out. And I write her another five minutes. Are you sure you can write me five minutes? Said, Honey, I, I write and I've been writing jokes for quite a while now. It's not that big of a deal. So I write her five new minutes. She memorizes it. She does. She, and, and we're going to do the show. So we're on the showcase and uh, keep in mind, I've been dating her for a while and we've been getting it on for a while. You know, we've been very close and everybody knows we're dating. Showcase shows up, packed house. She's normally used to performing in front of small crowds. Now there's about 190 or 200 people there. A little freaked out. I can understand that. So I see her coming towards me. She's all dressed up, looking all yummy and everything. And I see this like five or six white people behind her, which is not really a big deal because half the crowd was white, but... I could tell that they were with her. So I'm walking up to her to give her a hug. And I'm going, oh, this must be her family. This is going to be great. I'm finally going to get to meet her family. So I walk up to hug her. And I wasn't going to hug her in any kind of, you know, overtly sexual way or some kind of, this is mine. I'm a man. This butt's mine. I wasn't going to do anything like that. I was just going to give her a hug and a peck on the cheek. And uh, she she comes up to me and I'm walking towards her happy. Like, hey, I'm about to hug my girlfriend. And we're going to have this great show, most likely. And she gives me this. You know that hug women give you where they lean the top half of their body in and the bottom half of their body is back where they were originally standing? The whole, I'm hugging you because I acknowledge I know you and I, I have affection for you, but I want to have my genitals and buttocks all the way back here because we're definitely not having sex. You're not someone I'm having sex with. You're not someone I'm romantically involved with. You're a person that I know at the comedy club and that's why you get to touch the top half of my body. In fact, my boobs aren't even touching you. As big as they are, they're not touching you. And... You know, it was that kind of hug. And I'm looking at her like, what the hell is this? And I'm saying, well, maybe, you know, she's a little nervous, you know. I mean, you know, let's let's keep it. Let's keep it real. I mean, I'm not, you know, we've been getting it on like like jackrabbits and she doesn't exactly want her family to just automatically see some dude, you know, something like, OK, all right, whatever. And maybe she's a little freaked out and nervous about the showcase. No problem. We do the showcase. She, she does the material I wrote for. It goes really well. She's happy. Um, she doesn't get picked for the show, but she she does a good job on the show. I go on. I do my thing, whatever. So after the set and other performers are going on, the place is still packed and everybody's high five. Hey, congrats. That's this, that, this, that, this, that. She doesn't even come over and say thank you to me. She doesn't shake my hand. She doesn't give me a peck. She barely acknowledges me. And I'm wondering what the hell is going on. I'm going, I can understand. I mean, I kind of rationalized it in the beginning portion of this because I figured you were nervous. Or she was nervous, rather. But then I realized something. She's just like pretending like I don't exist. She's treating me as if I'm someone she kind of knows. And then it dawns on me. I said, there's a reason for that. There's maybe two reasons for that. The first reason is maybe, just maybe, she doesn't feel the same way about me as I thought. Maybe she's afraid of what her family will say or what her family thinks. Maybe she's afraid of that. Maybe that's what the problem is. Or maybe, just maybe, it's her. Now, I come to find out a little bit later on that it wasn't the family. The family didn't have any problem with that because, quite frankly, one of the other children in the family was dating, was in an interracial relationship, and it didn't bother them. It turns, it turns out it was her. She was the one with the problem. It wasn't them. It was her. She was an, eth she was an ethnic tourist. That's what she was. She didn't really care about me that much. She just thought I was attractive and she wanted to have sex with me. 
but she didn't want me to be her boyfriend because she was like, you know, in her mind, she's probably thinking he's cute and he's great with, with you know, doing stuff to my genitals. But, um, no, nope, nope. I'm going to have to marry the, the college football guy or, or some type of guy like that. But I can't marry him. I can't be in a relationship with him, but I can jump on top of him. Now, under normal circumstances, a guy would go, hey, man, what's the problem with that? She's hot. She's smoking hot. I mean, this girl looked like, let me give you an idea what this what this lady looked like. Uh, she looked like a young, like Kim Kardashian at her best with blonde hair and a and about 75% of Kim Kardashian's ass. Okay, that's what she looked like. So, and, and guys are going, what are you upset about? You got to get You got to get it on with this fine woman. What's the problem? Well, there wasn't a real problem. I'm not complaining about having sex a few hundred times with a smoking hot woman. I'm not complaining about that. It's just that she didn't let me know what was going on. I thought I had a girlfriend. I thought I had a girlfriend. You know, had she come up to me and said, listen, um, you're cute and fun. I don't want a relationship. Let's just get it on. I would have been like, well, not a problem. Wouldn't have bothered me at all. In fact, had she done exactly what she did at that moment to me right now, if I dated a woman that looked like that and was that fine and we had great times and great conversation, enjoyed each other's company, tore each other up three or four hundred times, and uh, then she went, well, I don't know. You know what I would have said? Okay. Sam, so I'm, I'm a little hurt because I, I thought we were going to be doing something, but I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed the time we had together. You know, uh, take care of yourself, you know. Uh, but if, if you change your mind and you ever want to just get it on or something like that, no strings attached, not to be indelicate, but give me a phone call if I'm not seeing anybody. We'll, we'll do that. But uh, we can't be a part of each other's life, lives right now because you lied to me. You know, you lied by omission. But but other than that, other than that, not a problem. I, I enjoyed the time. I enjoyed the fun. I enjoyed the company. I enjoyed your genitals. So uh, take care of yourself. <laughs> and that's the truth, you know. And that's sometimes what happens when you have interracial relationships is, you know, you have to be cognizant of the of the problems that could be there. It could be the relatives, you know, maybe the older relatives. It could be the person themselves that is not quite sure they like you enough, but they just don't want to deal with the jackasses of the world that are going to give them a problem. Personally, from a personal standpoint, I will date whoever I want, whenever I want. And if you got a problem with it, it's your problem. I'm not going to allow somebody to dictate who I get it on with. Never going to happen. You know, so to answer your question and you know who you are. Yes, I have dated white women before. Um, not, basically, my dating life has been 90 percent black women and 10 percent the other women of other ethnicities. So it's usually black women. <laughs> and I like black ladies because they're like chocolate to me. Yow. <laughs> you know. uh, okay let's see what else what was the other question here uh yes, anthony do you want to be famous or do you know anybody famous yes i do i know quite a few famous people um i'm not going to mention any names but i i, I know enough famous people or or not not well maybe an a-listers here and there that i'm kind of an acquaintance with but i know enough famous people to know what it, that it's a weird thing People think that fame is fun. And from what I've seen hanging out with some of them, I mean, it's fun that they have all the money and they get to do a lot of the work they want to do. But it's a weird thing becoming famous because I know some people that became famous and it was really tough for them. It's a tough thing to deal with fame. It really is because fame switches quickly. You can go from fame, not famous to famous fast. But what people don't realize is to get to the point where you're at the point where you're about to become famous, that can take a decade or two. 
You know what I'm saying? Because when when person ter- becomes famous, they were just as good as they were the day before they became famous. The skill level was there, the talent was there, the ability was there. But and they worked all those years to get to that point, and then something happens and they became famous. And all of a sudden, the world changes, and it changes so fast that some people aren't aren't ready for it. You know, I think I'll be able to handle it, but you never know. You know, becoming famous is the equivalent of being fat, right? Working out, eating right, dieting, doing everything perfectly and seeing absolutely no results of your work at all and having faith and just keep going. This is uncomfortable. I know it's going to pay off. 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 And for some people, they don't get the payoff. But for the person that becomes famous, they work hard and work out and lift the weights and do this and move that and lift this. And I got the, well, I do, just, I'm gonna do squats and lift this and pick this, that, this and lift and move this. And I'm going to run now and take these supplements and do that and then do some crunches and do this. And there's no results. Now, when you become famous, somebody who has the juice to make you famous walks up and goes, hey, you. You've been working hard for about uh, 20 years trying to get in shape, huh? No results yet? Yeah, well, I'm a Franklin, Mr. Powerful guy in Hollywood, Johnson. And I would just like to say right now, you're fit. And then you look down and all of a sudden now, instead of being a five foot four fat guy, now you're six, two, you're in perfect shape. You know, you got the perfect dish, you're perfect that you got millions of dollars in the bank and everybody knows who you are. And everybody's interested in everything you, that you, you want to do. And everybody, all the women want to get in on with you, but you don't know which ones actually like you. Everybody wants to be your friends, but you don't know which ones actually like you and just want, or just want to get something from you. And that's what happens, but it never turns off. <laughs> and you have to be a strong person to be able to handle that. Because as we've seen in many occasions, that kind of fame will crush people. It destroys people. If there was something wrong with you before, if you had low self-esteem and then you become famous, then you're at the whim of people who are trolls, who can say nasty things to you to you on the Internet, or people who say nasty things to you in public, or people in the business who will think in, who literally think of you as a machine. They'll evaluate you the way they people evaluate horses. You know, you walk up to a horse, you open his lips and you start rubbing his teeth, right? You grab his feet. Let me take a look at his shoes. Oh, not, not bad, not bad. Let me open his mouth again. Oh, the teeth are pretty good. Let me check his balls. All right, man, fantastic. You know, we're going to do this, that. Let me ride him for a while. Fantastic. And that's what it's like. You're a thing <laughs> that people make money off of. You are things like the horses that people bet on. I'm betting that this movie will be successful and then we'll do that. You know, of course, the horses go out to stud. But if you really think about it, if you're famous and in Hollywood and you got a lot of money, you're out to stud, too. That's right. Everybody wants to bang you. Everybody you bang wants to have a baby with you. And if you're a woman, every guy wants to get you knocked up. Doesn't matter if they really want to be with you, but they want to knock you up. It's got to be tough. So there's a part of me that wants to be famous, but not necessarily uh, just to be famous. I want to be famous enough where when I play a small theater, maybe 1500 seats, I can fill it up effortlessly. I want to be famous enough that I have a big enough audience that I could do uh, whatever work I want to do the way I want to do it and not have to rely on Hollywood to do anything for me. I want to be that level of famous. But do I want to be Michael Jackson at when he did Thriller famous or Prince when he did Purple Rain famous or Eddie Murphy during Beverly Hills Cop famous? That's not a goal of mine. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be that famous. If it happens, it'll happen by accident. It'll never be the thing that I'm shooting for. It never will be that. 
Uh, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not that narcissistic that I need to have everybody know everything that I do when I'm walking around the streets. I want to be famous enough. I, I like that George Carlin, when he was alive, level of fame where he could fill up 3000 seaters with no problem. Everybody in the industry related, uh, respected his work and thought he was great, but he could go to the corner store. He had that warm family friend, that, that warm old friend type of fame, the kind of fame where people go, Jay George, oh, I, I love your special man. And they walk up and maybe they'd hug you or they shake your hand and they want an autograph. And then they went about their business. But there was nobody running across the street screaming because George Carlin was there. They'd wave him. Hey, George. Yay. You know, I met Rodney Dangerfield in New York. I want that Rodney Dangerfield level of fame back when he was alive. I mean, obviously. It's better to be the fame when he's alive than dead, obviously. So miss miss me I'm misspeaking there, but but I would I would be at, at danger for them. People would, hey Rodney, hey. They wanted to hug him, they wanted to shake his hand. But if he was eating and people left him alone. Okay, I saw you I saw you were eating right now. I didn't want to bother you. I was wondering if I could take a picture with you. Hey, no problem, kid. Hey. I want that level of fame. That is the best level of fame. And that's what I want. That level. But super famous, fuck no. I don't want that shit. <laughs> You crazy? <laughs> Hope that answers your question. Much love to you. And the final question here. Uh, do you ever get into political arguments with people over policy? Blah, blah. No, no, I don't. I don't care about the policy too much. And, and the reason I say I don't care about the policy too much is because many times people will wonk out too much and think too much of specific you know, we, we have to have three quarters of the senate and two quarters of the house and this that and sixteen sixteenths and one fifth and one eighteenth and one and sixty seven twelfths of this that and the other Nah, man it's not about the mechanisms the mechanisms are complete bullshit they're tools that are used it's not about the mechanisms it's about the motivation it's about having people motivated to do the best thing for human beings that's what it's about and we need to put that into perspective. When I talk about politics, I talk about motivation. You know, if you really think about it, whenever the, the politicians really want to do something as a group, it gets done quickly. You know what I'm saying? There will be votes of 99 to nothing, you know, or 99% of the, the, the House voted for it. It'll be something like that because it's something that they have to get behind, you know, and which means that if the, it just shows you how fast they can get things done if they want to. You know, I think of the, the uh, government is more like a uh, uh, it's like it's just, it's just a tool. And what I mean by that is it's more like a baseball bat than a gun. You know what I'm saying? A baseball bat, if you put it in the right hands, it's not a dangerous thing. It's designed to do something fun, to play baseball. It's designed to do that. Now, granted, an asshole, if they get a hold of a baseball bat, can turn it into a weapon. Right. But for the most part, it's designed to do good things. But nowadays it's more used like a gun. Because now it's a weapon. It, it's been weaponized. You know, granted, if you put a gun in the hand of a, of a reasonable person, they're not going to do anything. But it's designed specifically to shoot and kill things. And that's what the government has, has turned into, where they just shoot and kill ideas down because somebody gave them some money. Or they shoot and kill ideas because this person doesn't look like them. Or they shoot and kill ideas because a person has a different religion. It's not about the mechanisms. The mechanisms are fine. We have to put people in place in government that have the right motivation, because if they don't have the right motivation, you ain't going to get anything but a lot of horseshit and a lot of jackasses going on news and making up stories and lying about somebody being from this country. And this guy really did this and this. Really, it's all bullshit. It should be used 
like a tool to help people. And when I talk about politics with people, I say to them, listen, I really don't. It's not about the, the this legislation and that it's about the people making the legislation. It's about the people passing the laws. It's about the judges who don't have an agenda, who actually look at the law and have some compassion for human beings, whether they look like them or not, whether they have the same religion or not, whether they come from the same place or not. It's a tool. And since it's a tool and not a weapon, much like a baseball bat, you don't hand it to the psychopath. Because if you hand the baseball bat to the psychopath, the psychopath is going to do what psychopaths do. Crack people in the fucking head. But if you put the bat in the hands of a reasonable person, he's going to go or she's going to go, hey, let's go play baseball. And right now, our government and many of the people in government, there's some good people in there, but there's too many people in government right now who are like the psychopaths with the baseball bat. And that's why you don't get that's why the Medicare expansion isn't happening in certain places. And that's why there's a lot of people that are going to die because of this, that and the other. It's all about the people and the motivation of the people in government and not the mechanism. So when I so to answer your question, when I talk to people about politics, I talk about the motivation of the people in power, not the mechanisms. I, I'm really not that interested in the mechanisms. Yes, I understand them. You know, I learned about that crap in school, just like everybody else. But fuck all of that. What's more important is getting people in place that are going to do the right things. Well, folks, this is actually being recorded indoors for a change. Uh, this is actually being recorded Saturday at around one o'clock. But this will be the Monday episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast. I want to thank you guys. You guys have been really super duper cool. You guys have been retweeting me on Twitter and uh, reblogging me on Tumblr and sharing me on the other social networking sites and saying all sorts of really cool things in the emails and all that kind of stuff. I really, really appreciate it. And I want to thank you guys for sticking with me through uh, my uh, walking around outside and hearing all the traffic noise and shit like that. But the thing I was trying to do, basically, uh, what I was trying to create is. When I would talk to my friends on a regular basis, we, we we tend to walk and talk. You know, we will go out and we'll have a walk. We'll get some coffee and we'll walk the streets, you know, walk around and have a talk like that. So I was trying to create that type of feel. And I may do it again, but uh, I, I kind of like it in here where I can just chill and, and, and talk directly to you. Let's talk about the way married people always complain about not having sex. Now, that's true from what I understand. Now, I've never been married, but I've lived with women before. And there is a decrease in sex, mainly because. When you see each other every day, you get to see each other in your non, I want to get laid outfits. You know what I'm saying? If, if you, if you see each other when you're dating, you see each other with you, you got your best clothes on, you took your, I'm going to have sex shower, everything smells great and everybody looks good, you're in your best behavior. But when you live together, you're married, you're there all the time. You see it when a breath stinks, you know, you hear her pissing in the toilet, you know, you see him scratching his ass. It's just, ugh. And it's got to be even worse for married people because you're really, really there. And then when you have kids, because the sex is going to decrease just because you see each other in, in non-attractive moments. But when you have kids, it's got to be worse. You realize that we're not having sex or you're not having sex if you're married because you're not straight with kids. I wish we could just as a society be really, really straight with kids because we, we have the, the ability to tell kids, leave daddy alone because he's working or leave mom alone because she's working on a project and kids will respect that after a while they go oh let leave them alone he's working on work but we should be able to you know if, and we'd have to do it as a, we'd have to do it as a, as a group as a whole society we'd have to do it we should be able to tell our kids listen 
I'm going to explain to you what sex is. Sex is, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, when you're an adult and you're in a relationship and hopefully when you're married first, you're going to do this and it's the way to make children. But it's also a way that, you know, adults that are in a relationship express love and closeness for each other and it feels great. But you shouldn't do it till you're an adult because you're not ready financially to be able to handle it. You're not ready emotionally, physically to handle it. You know, you don't want to have a kid and have to take care of the kid. It's, just gonna, it's a commitment that is basically for the rest of your life and you're not ready for that. As great as it feels, you have to think in terms of this, that, or the other. You know, just, just break it down. And they go, now, as I've already stated, your mother and I did that to create you. But we do it also because it's a way of showing each other that we love each other and because it feels great. But see, your mother and I have jobs. So if we make another kid, we can take care of the kid. As you know, we can take care of kids because you are here and you're alive and healthy. Now. I was out of town for a few days, so I didn't have an opportunity to express my closeness with your mother. And uh, we're going to go upstairs right now for about 45 minutes. Um, do you need anything? You, 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 you're, I mean, we just fed you, right? And we got a DVD for you. Right? The DVD is about two hours. Um, you know how to, you're old enough to go to the bathroom for yourself and anything like that. Now, if someone gets hurt, if someone gets sick, if there's an emergency, feel free to come upstairs. But if that's not the case, don't come upstairs. Because your mother and I are about to get it on. Now, uh, most parents would hide that from you, but we're not going to do that anymore because I started to do the math and I realized I would probably miss out on getting it on with your mother at least 50 to 60 times during the course of the year because you're home. And I'm not going to let that happen anymore. Right, honey? Right. I mean, guys, listen. We're adults and we really need to get it on with each other. Um, like, like your dad said, it's a way of um, expressing love. And um, I didn't realize how much he had worked out while he was away. He's looking extra good. And, uh, well, what your mother's trying to say is, I'm hot and she wants some of this. Now, listen, you're going to hear some sounds coming from upstairs that we would normally do at night after you're sleeping. But why should we do that? You're going to hear a lot of you're going to hear a lot of uh, uh, pounding upstairs. That'll be the bed moving. Um, About 14 minutes after you get upstairs, you're going to hear your mother scream. You're killing me. You're killing me. Oh, God, you're killing me. And I want to let you know I'm not killing her. You're going to hear me say things like, take it, take it. And you're going to hear sounds like this. We're not clapping. That's our stomachs. Because um, we already show, I already told you the mechanisms of how, how it's going to go on. Uh, so we're going to go upstairs and tear each other up and enjoy each other. Um, like I said, uh, you stay down here. Um, if you come upstairs and, and, uh, and get in the way and stop us from getting it on because of something stupid like, he's touching my hair. He's, he, he won't give me the sandwich. You're both going to be grounded for a month. But like I said, you know... Um, if, if there's an emergency, if you really need it, feel free to come up. Uh, we're not going to be able to run right out of the room because, as I've explained from the sex thing, we're going to be both naked and getting it on. So uh, you enjoy your cartoons over there. Uh, you're a teenager. I mean, let's be honest. You know what's going on, and you really should know not to bother us. Uh, so we're going to go upstairs and get it on, and we'll be down in about an hour. Uh, so um, I just want to let you know that we're not going to hide it from you anymore. We're just going to tell you to buzz off and let us get it on. So uh, you enjoy the cartoon, and uh, honey, ready to go upstairs and get it on? Okay. Oh, uh, could you uh, throw mommy the whipped cream from the kitchen? Thanks a lot. What's that for? <laughs> We're going to have some dessert to celebrate the, uh, <clears throat> how happy we are. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> we'll see you, we'll see you in about an hour, kids, okay? Alright. Alright, kids. <laughs> you know, let's talk about gold diggers for a little bit. And I bring this up because I, I was, I was reading a, an article, and I forgot exactly, it was a little while ago. And it was a really rich guy that, an old guy that was dating or married to this really, really young girl. And 
you know, and it was very, very obvious what the relationship was. He was old. She was smoking hot. He wanted to get it on with her on a regular basis. And she wanted to spend his money and didn't mind getting it on with him. And people go, oh, this is just gross and disgusting. I can't believe this is gross. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? I'm not even going to wait till I'm that old. If I'm not married with children at 60, I'm going to be open to gold diggers. Yeah, I said it. You know, because, and I mean smart gold diggers, not the kind of gold diggers that literally come into your, to the, to the old guy's life and literally specifically try their best to spend all of the money and take all of everything from the guy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the kind of gold digger that's like, listen, I'm all about getting paid here. I'm fun to be with. I'm smart. And I'm going to get it on with this older person as much as they, as they want. And I'm going to be driving this nice car and wearing this nice clothes and having a great time. I'm not even going to be unfaithful. I don't give a crap. I want the money and the lifestyle. And I don't mind getting it on with them. What the hell? Sex is sex. You know, that's, that's the kind of gold digger. That's the perfect kind of gold digger as an older guy. Because as an older guy, how are you, how is somebody going to give you a hard time? Oh, I can't believe you're getting it on with that smoking hot woman with the perfect body. He can't believe it. <laughs> that's because you're a moron. I don't really see the problem with it if everybody knows what the deal is. Right. I mean, why is he jumping on top of the 25 year old? Huh? Why? It has nothing to do with her perfect face and body and the fact that you want to get up inside of her. That's all he wants. He has, if he's 60 years old and successful, he has friends. He has a lot of people to hang out with. He has money. He's traveled the world. He's done all this kind of stuff. He doesn't necessarily need somebody to talk to all the time. He needs somebody that looks, smells, and tastes good that he can jump on top of and go, oh, and then that's what he needs. Okay? And if she's 25 and hot, she can get anybody she wants. If she wanted a young guy to jump on top of her, she's going to get that. But she goes, he's kind of cute, cute enough to make me, uh, you know, ready to go. And he got a lot of money, so what the hell? You know it's not going to last forever, and if well, it's almost, it doesn't have to last forever because he's a lot older than her. But I mean, I'm not going to judge that. I wouldn't want that as my first option. But if I'm an old guy, and I don't have a wife or kids, I just might go about that route. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. You know, because I was in a similar relationship. Not I mean, well, it's similar in the in, in the fact that I was a lot younger than the woman. I was about 18 years old, and she was 34 years old. And good, this woman was just. If she told you she was Halle Berry's cousin or sister, you would believe her. That's how good she looked. And basically, she thought it was funny. She saw me at the club, and we started hanging out. And I looked at her, and I'm going, good God, she's fine. But I didn't think I'd have a chance at her because she's 34 years old, and I'm some dopey 18-year-old. But, you know, bow, chicka, bow, wow. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was a cool relationship. She just basically it was like, it was like I was, I was basically a five-foot-nine-inch 175 pound vibrator for this girl. You know, she just, just call, basically called me up. Hi, um, what are you doing? And I knew what, what are you doing meant. What are you doing meant, meant, come on over here, climb on top of me and push me through the mattress for a few hours. That's what it meant. And I was not, I, when I looked at the phone and I picked that phone up and I heard her voice, I knew exactly. She didn't call me to talk. We had a great conversation and hung out and had fun when we, when we got together, but she didn't call me to talk. You know what she wanted me to do? Come over there. Climb on top of her, get behind her, get underneath her. But as long as I put in that work for a long period of time, that's what she wanted. The funny thing about it is we were both at our, quote, sexual peaks, unquote, because I was 18 and she was 34. So basically she wanted me, you know, <laughs> things lined up perfectly, if you understand what I'm saying. 
So I understand the concept of those relationships because she bought me stuff and I was cool with that. You know, I understand it. So I, I, I don't necessarily judge people when it comes to gold digging and all of that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't do it now. I'd rather be the older person to the younger person now, even though, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. So it's like, you know, I'm still acceptable to date someone young, younger. But, you know, 20 years from now, it's going to be like, hey, 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 or 25 years from now, mm, you sick, you pervert, get off of her, you sick bastard. You know, but I'm not going to judge anybody. You know, I don't judge that 18 year old that I was. You know, what, what do you expect? What are you supposed to do? You know, not take the sex What are you crazy. You know, but now as, as an older guy, it's, it's different. You, you feel differently about sex because you still want it. But you still but, you know, it's like you either want it and with no problems or you rather just not have it. You know, because as an 18 year old, an 18 year old sexually is like a really big, dumb guy at the gym who can lift a lot of weights, but doesn't know how to put together a workout program. <laughs> that's, that's what an 18 year old guy is sexually. And I know because I've been an 18 year old guy, but now I'm a man. And as an older guy, not old, but older, I still have 85, 90% of the physical strength I had back then and most of the flexibility and most of the endurance. So I have a lot of the same strength, but I know how to put together a workout program. If you understand what I'm saying, I know how to put in that work. <clears throat> I got the power of that guy and the skill of an older guy, which is the perfect situation, you know? So, but when I'm an older guy, it's going to be down to whatever. I'm not going to have anywhere near the power, physically, physical power I had now. Definitely not that I had then and the flexibility and all of that. I'm just going to want to get to the good stuff, you know, and I have to go through all the problems. I'm not going to be wanting to chase somebody down and try to impress somebody with my, look, I'm old. I'm rich. You look hot. Listen, I want a girlfriend. You want to get it on three times a week and I'll buy you some stuff. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's why I laugh when people get mad and I can't believe that old guy did that. No, you can't believe that old guy did that. And you, you're jealous because you can't do it, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not saying that I don't I don't value relationships or that, that I hold sex as the most important thing because I don't. Because personally, I think of sex as. Landscaping. You know, like when you see a building, landscaping is important. You, as soon as you see the building, you don't know what's inside the building, but you see the landscape and you go, that is really nice landscaping that, you know what, that's, that looks like an, a nice looking building. I think I'm going to think I'm going to go there and investigate that building. So you need the landscaping. That's what sex is. Landscaping is important, but not the most important part, because you can have the best landscaping out front of the building as possible. But if you go inside the building. And the phones don't work and the building is jacked up on the inside. And there's no equipment in there and everybody in there who works there is an idiot. It doesn't matter how good the landscaping was. The business sucks. But on the other hand, if the business is brilliant and incredible, you can hook up the landscaping. OK, if the business is incredible on the inside and if workers are geniuses and they're making lots of money and there's a productive business and it's helping out the, the neighborhood and everybody loves it. But the landscaping's a little left up. You can hire somebody to hook up the landscaping. It don't take that much to put some trees out front and throw down some some uh, some wood chips to make it look good. And that's how I feel about relationships. If she's a good person. I can teach you to do the disgusting things I want to do. I mean, not that I would do anything disgusting unless you follow me on Twitter, in which case, you know, I will do disgusting things, in which case I just lied to everybody. 
But what I'm saying is that's why I feel that way. But 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 that doesn't take away from what I thought what I was saying about regarding the uh being an old guy one because at at that point if I'm an old guy and I'm successful enough where I could actually offer a, a really good life to a, to a person, I already got the business. And now I'm adding the landscaping, the good stuff, the, the good stuff that's kind of that's fun to have, but not really that important because I already have everything else. But why not hook up my landscaping? You know, I oh, mean that's not a bad thing, is it? And don't and don't and don't be judging me out there either. Don't act like if you and this is not and I'm I'm gonna, and this is this is for the ladies too. Don't don't lie and act like if you were a really really rich lady and you couldn't find a do a good guy and your life is just awesome in every way except you don't have anybody to climb on top of you that looks good don't tell me if you see some 28 year old guy who does who does crunches all day long that you're not going to climb on and climb on top of him and ride the crap out of him of course you will and you shouldn't feel guilty about that don't let the, the world tell you that you should still be looking for somebody just like i will be looking for somebody to be real with and have a real relationship with and have a great time with and build a life with but don't act like you're not going to do that you know, but just know in the beginning, ah, uh, this is just landscaping. You know, this, 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 this relationship is just landscaping. I already got everything else. I'm just, you know, making the outside look a little better. You know, like I said, it's not gender specific. The thing that cracks me up is when I see billionaires get married. I remember I saw a guy who was a billionaire. He got married to a lady he met very, and he very quickly got married too, which means obviously there was no prenuptial agreement. And then he wound up cheating on her. Which is really stupid. It's like, dude, if you don't want to be married, don't get married. You're a billionaire. They're, straight guys would bang you if that's what you're into. If you're a billionaire, it's like, listen, man, uh -huh. I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, I'm a straight man. Oh, I can't believe this guy is going to proposition me, man. I just had to walk away from him and just give him, give him the finger. He's worth $20 billion. Hmm, you want me to, you think you want me to hold his balls while I do it? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the kind of power having a billion dollars or several billion dollars will, will give you. And you got to realize that. That's why I said if I was a billionaire, man, I ain't marrying nobody. At least not right away. But why would you be a billionaire, marry somebody, and then immediately begin boning waitresses on the side? Boning other, boning your friends' nannies and all that kind of stuff that some of these jackasses do. If you're a billionaire, as soon as you get the money, the first thing you should do, and, and I'm sorry for saying this, but before you get married, get all the banging out of your system. Just bang everybody. If you see a tree stump, bang that. Bang everything. Get it out of your system. Get that, I wonder what she's like, I wonder what that's like. Get it out of your system. Because if you had the need to go around banging somebody on the side when you got married to somebody, that means you ain't finished banging yet. You're not finished having all the sex you need to have. You're not finished yet. You need to get that out of your system because it's going to cost you a whole lot of money when she drops your ass and when she stands in front of that judge and goes, and then he banged 40 waitresses. 40 waitresses? Well, we'll give you $100 million for every one of the waitresses he banged. Huh? Oh, he's broke? That's a shame. You know? <laughs> so I, I decided, like I said in the beginning of this, that like I said, if I'm 60 years old, uh, all I'm saying is, gold diggers bring it on all i ask you to do is not spend so much money that you that you you know hurt my bottom line you know that's all i ask but hopefully before that happens i will find a good woman to spend my life with or maybe have some kids with but like i said i'm 60 years old and i don't have a wife and kids i ain't saying she's a gold digger 
but she ain't messing with no broke, 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 because I won't be a broke, broke, broke. She will not be messing with a broke, broke, broke. I'll be rich, rich, rich. And we will be banging, 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 often, 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 and I won't care, care, care what anybody else says, says, says. Yeah, I said it. You know what I want to talk about this time? I'm going to tell you an old stand-up story. And the reason I bring this up is because I saw something that kind of disturbed me. Not in a really, really bad way, but I saw someone being mean to someone, and it kind of brought up bad memories for me. It was someone who was just being nasty for no reason. And it just reminded me of something that happened to me when I was doing stand-up a long time ago, near the beginning of my stand-up uh, career, I should say. Um, there was a club I played in Philadelphia. It was one of the first clubs I ever played. And still, <laughs> still a place that I finally remember because, you know, I met a lot of my good friends who either performed there or worked there. And I remember it was a while ago and, you know, they, it was quite a while ago, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was the eighties, the late eighties. And, um, I was a kid at the time, but I was head up, began performing. And, um, there was a guy on stage performing and he was doing a great job. And at the time, you know, the comedy boom was still rolling and every club was full. If you just, re if you actually, someone actually would show up to the, to your business and write the word comedy in, spray paint on the side of your building, it would be full of people. Okay. That's how easy it was back then. And I remember playing this place and, um, everybody was having great sets. The place was packed and everything. And I used to watch from the back and I used to watch all the performers perform. And, you know, my voice hadn't even really changed yet. Hey, man. You know, I still, <laughs> I still kind of sounded like that. That's how long ago it was. And, uh, you know, how, and, uh, and so, and I was watching the guy and he's, he's doing this great job. He's just destroying the place. People are going crazy, going nuts. And I used to watch him and he was one of those, um, attack comedian type guys. You know, he would, he would pick on people in the audience and, you know, uh, you know, Hey, look at that guy. That guy's fat. Hey, what, what kind of shirt is that? You know, and, and the whole audience is laughing and laughing and laughing. And at the time I was kind of impressionable, you know, and so I, I thought, well, okay, well, maybe I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing. He's the guy that's getting, you know, some of the, one of the guys getting the best laughs. Maybe I should do some of that stuff. And so I, one day I was, watching him perform and the place was packed and everybody was going nuts and i walked to the side by the bathroom to watch the stage and from that vantage point you could actually see the audience members faces so there's this guy in the audience and he's a big fat guy i mean you if you were to look at him you read nice guy immediately when you looked at this guy there was nothing harsh about him he just a, just a nice guy he just happened to be a big fat guy and the woman next to him was just one of those you know yeah you, you see like a really big guy and his, his girlfriend is a little tiny lady she was like a tiny pretty cutie cute type lady you know a little nerdy around the edges you know the kind of girl who has a big oversized lily in her hair and you could tell by the body language that they liked each other and, and you could everything about them had new relationship written on it i don't even know if they, he kissed her yet it looked that new you know the, you know the thing where you don't know if you can if you touch her on the arm the wrong way you know if you, you want to think you're being forward that kind of thing in those days yeah i'm gonna sound like an old guy in those days dudes cared about that so it, it, it looked like a new relationship. So what happens is this guy sees the guy in the audience and you could tell if you're on stage and you do attack comedy, he's the first person you look at the big fat guy with the cute little, little lady next to him. So he's hammering away at this guy. And at first the guy's laughing because it wasn't really harsh what he was doing. And then he just kept going on and on and on. And the audience was laughing, but he wasn't laughing anymore. And you could see him getting uncomfortable in his chair and looking over at his girlfriend, kind of like, Oh God, please don't embarrass me in front of her. And she's kind of getting embarrassed and she's already tiny. She's shrinking into the chair. And 
I'm looking at it and I'm feeling horrible because the rest of the audience can't see this. All they can see is this guy on stage and hear other people laughing, but they can't see this guy's face. But I saw it. There was, I mean, if you know what a micro expression is, those little expressions that you kind of pick up if only you pick up on only if you're really paying attention. And I was really paying attention. And he was, I could tell he was, now he's, at this point, he's hurting the guy's feelings and he just won't stop. And it was, that was like a silent scream inside of me going, oh God, leave the dude alone. I understand. I do crowd work too. And I know sometimes if you find fertile soil for humor, you kind of stick with it. But look, did you not notice what's going on with this guy? You're ruining this guy's evening. This guy was out. He was proud of himself. Yeah, that shirt was ridiculous looking, but he was proud of himself. And she had his, her hand in his arm and she was sitting there and she was kind of, you know, babe, basically kind of try to hold his hand. I mean, this is two innocent people and he just is just hammering away. He walks off the stage. And, um, and the audience, yay. And I go on next. And the next comic, blah, blah, blah. He's a very young kid, but then, you know, the MC teases me because I'm a kid at the time, you know, and I go on stage and I'm doing my thing and I'm getting laughs too and everything's going great. And I turn and I look at this guy and he had this look on his face like, oh no. Oh God, please no. This guy is funny. This kid's funny. Oh God, he's going to, and I started joking with him. But I made it a point not to say anything that would hurt his feelings. I joked with him, and I joked in a way that he laughed. I don't remember what I said. But whatever I said about him, he laughed at it. She laughed at it. And then they looked at each other when they were laughing. And then she leaned over and kissed him on the cheek. And that made me feel good. Because to me, as a comedian, when I want to make someone laugh in the audience, I want to make them happy when they left. And even if I'm, quote, teasing someone, unquote, to me, as a performer, it's not funny unless the person I'm teasing finds it funny, too. I don't want to hurt that person. That person paid to get in, too. You know? And sometimes when you, if a person hammers away on a person, the person getting hammered away on feels uncomfortable. And there comes a point where even the people sitting around become uncomfortable. And, you know, I just, I just remember that look on the guy's face of relief and, and starting to laugh and joke. And he even had a big belly laugh. Oh, and she had this little goofy laugh. And I made it a point not to talk about it in a harsh way. I teased them about it and they laughed. Show ends. I walk off stage. He sees the guy over there and he kind of has this look like, why did you do this to me? To the other guy. And he didn't even go up and talk to him. But he came over and talked to me. And she came over and talked to me too. And they introduced themselves. That was their first date. They had gone to coffee before, but that was their first date. Date. And they thanked me for having a good time. And she gave me a kiss on her cheek and he hugged me. And he looked at me and she goes, I'm going to go freshen up. And she goes to the bathroom before they're about to leave. And he comes up to me and he goes, you knew, didn't you? And I said, I knew what. He goes, I know, I know what was going on. I said, the first guy, you, he was really getting on. He was like, he was embarrassing me in front of my girl, man. I just, you know, I, I've been, it took me a long time to get this get up the courage to talk to this girl and I finally get her to go out with me instead of just for coffee our first date night and then I go on and this guy comes on stage and he humiliates me in front of everybody but then you came on and you know you, you teased me too but you didn't make me feel like an asshole you know now that the show's over she's happy again and you know because I laughed at the jokes and they were funny and you didn't hurt my feelings you didn't crush me you saved my night dude so I want to thank you for that and I said, thanks. You know, you don't, you know, <laughs> you don't have to crush people. You know, you, you don't have to hammer people down and smash them 
just because you can. I mean, that night stuck with me. And I mean, this is, geez, you know, the 1986 then, this is 2013 now. That's how long ago and how fresh that story is with me. And every time I see someone crush somebody when they don't have to, that comes to mind. And every time I perform now, when I get up on that stage and I start, if I see someone out front who's wearing a wacky outfit or some big fat guy, some skinny person, somebody who's goofy looking, and keep in mind, all of these qualifiers are based on someone else's description of them, not mine. I just consider them in unique individuals, just like everyone else's. When I see that, it never occurs to me to try to hurt that person. It never occurs to me to try to humiliate that person. Because like I said, if they're not laughing at it when I tease them, it ain't funny. It's not funny at all. Which is why I don't try to, well, I, try, I try my best. And I've been very successful over the course of uh, all my years to not hurt people's feelings or crush them when I'm doing my shows. That's why I don't get heckled. And that's what I saw today. I saw someone crushing someone when I didn't have to. And quite frankly, under most circumstances, you don't have to crush somebody. You can let people save face. You can gracefully bow out of an argument that's not important to you. If somebody makes a mistake or says the wrong word in a sentence and you know what they're talking about, don't correct them in front of everybody to show how smart you are compared to them. What does that do for them or what does that do for you? Nothing. You know. And that's... <laughs> That's what came to my mind when I had that moment, when I saw that thing. It, went, it took me back all the way to 1986 to the moment where a guy said, you saved my night because I was getting humiliated and you made it funny. You made, you made us laugh again. You made her basically forget about what happened before. You saved my night. And if you really think about it, when you have an opportunity to either make someone feel bad or make someone feel good, you may be saving that person's night. <laughs> you know, you may be saving that person's day. You may be making somebody feel a little bit better than they would have. And if you have an opportunity to do that, why not do it? You know, who, who the hell wants to make someone feel bad? I can't think of anybody that's not a nutcase or an asshole that wants that to happen. And that's how I carry myself when I perform. And that's how I carry myself in real life. If we ever meet, you'll, you'll find that I'm a pretty nice guy. So, my friends, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes, I would, I would just say this. If you have an opportunity to be nice to somebody, to, quote, save their night, do it. It'll make them feel better. It'll make you feel better. And if we all did shit like that, everything would be better. Not naked woman in my lap going, S. Anthony, you're the greatest, better, but better. Because women, when they're on my lap saying, S. Anthony, you're the greatest, that's, that's much better than helping that guy. I got to be honest. I know this is a nice story and, you know, helping that guy. And that's a true story, by the way. There's, there's no, I didn't add anything to the story. I told you exactly what happened. Um, and I've still felt great. Even now when I talk about it, it feels great to be able to have done that. But, uh, like I said, not naked woman on my lap going as Anthony, you're the greatest great. That's much better than that. And if there's any half naked women who want to sit on my lap and say, yes, Anthony, you're the greatest. Please feel free to do that. I'm open to that because I like to give back to you I want to help you so Nate okay I, I don't think anybody's going to buy that but just you know the, the offer is open the lap is here <laughs> That was I just embarrassed myself didn't I you know I had this nice nice story a nice true story about something good I did as a kid that changed who I am as a person and then I turned it into some disgusting plea 
to get half-naked women to sit on my lap and tell me I'm the greatest. I am so ashamed of myself. I, I'm, I'm much better than that as a person. I, I just, you can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm actually hanging my head in shame. Let me just sit here for a moment, silently, and ponder the shame of what I just did. Women, I am absolutely not ashamed of that. I want you on my lap because... Wait a minute, when you whisper, everyone can hear it? I thought when you whispered, only hot women can hear it. Oh, that's the other program. Oh, okay. So basically, I just embarrassed myself again. Is that what you're saying? Oh, Jesus is bad. <sighs> All right. I'm out. <laughs> okay, guys. Let me let me ask you this. Have you do you guys eat food off of uh off of lunch trucks and and food carts? You know, I know if you if you're in a major city. I, I'm originally from Philadelphia, so obviously I've spent I've eaten food off of lunch trucks and food carts and I'm a comedian. You know, and, I, and I'm between shows right now. I'm writing a new show. That's why you don't see me out there or out and about. But, you know, when I'm out there doing my thing, you know, you're always in a different city and you get to go to the news, the, the food carts. And the food carts are a big thing now, especially in places like New York and Philadelphia, where, you know, it's like they're like rolling five star restaurants. Now you go there, they're awesome looking places. You're impressed with what you see. You think they're great. The guy is an actual chef. Or the lady's an actual chef in there taking care of business. And they have uh, my degree of some double chef school where I have majored in making food that makes people want to bang it because that's good and that incredible, you know? So I'm used to the food cart. So I, I take some, so I go to, I, it was a food cart that in, in the city that I lived in at that time. And it was, it was like one of those super duper mega 18 stars. It has, it, it has 10,000 Michelin stars. And they, 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 so I take the food and I bring it back to some friends. They're like, oh man, this food is the greatest, it's the best. And I'm going, yeah, I tell you, this guy's, a, this guy's the real deal, man. Boop, 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 boop. So what happens is one of my friends decides that he goes, yeah, man, you got this little flashy carts downtown, man. You got these little flashy trucks downtown, but you know, you need to have like hometown, home style cooking, man. And I know a place that is this the home style cooking. It's the same stuff you get downtown, but it's an, it's, it's, an, it's home style cooking, man. This guy's been cooking for years, man. You don't even need any those fancy degrees. This guy just knows how to cook. And I'm going, I don't care about degrees and all that kind of crap. I mean, they cook it. It looks, it tastes good. I'm cool with it. He goes, let me show you. This, you got to understand, this is a real deal. I'm going to get you some real cooking, man. I'm going to bring this to you. Now, forget that fancy crap you just had there, man. You, This is the real, this is the good, this is the greatest stuff in the world. The good stuff, the greatest. And we're going, yeah, Um, could you stop describing it and go get the shit, please? All right, I mean, stop describing it because we're going to start railing again about how good it was. So he goes to get it. And he brings it back, and we're like, oh, cool. We went. So we all, we gave him, you know, we obviously we gave him the bread he needed, the, the money he needed to go buy it, and then he comes back. And we were, we're going, oh, cool. And so we, it looks good. We got the little styrofoam thing. We pop it open. We all eat it. It is the greatest. It's as good as that crap from downtown for large amounts of money. It's as good as that stuff. So damn good, I'm thinking, you know what? You were right, man. You were right to say that we should go with the home cooking and the home style cooking of this guy that's been cooking in the same truck in the same spot. This way is as good, if not better, than the fancy, schmancy people downtown with their $60,000 sandwiches. This guy is great, and I'm telling you right now, from now on, at least we're at least going to mix this guy in, damn it. Forget the people downtown. I'll still go to them because I like them, but this guy right here, man, get the good food and not spend as much money as that down there, let's do it. So we start mixing that in. 
when we were going around. We started mixing it in. He was always the one that went to get it because you know how it is. He's the one that had a relationship with the cat. Not that they're friends or anything like that, but they always saw his face. And sometimes when you go to a supermarket, well, not a supermarket, even a supermarket, if you get lunch meat from a supermarket or if a person keeps going to a restaurant, if that person is thought of as a great customer, sometimes they'll get perks or they'll get more food or they'll get more spices and more biscuits, more whatever that you wouldn't get as a new customer. So it only makes sense to send that person to get the stuff, right? Great. So we're cool. We're eating it. That's all. Well, this guy's great. You know, eating like pigs, you know, making all the disgusting sounds. Sounds like the, 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 sounds like the backdrop of a porno film, you know? So one time he goes, yo man, do me a favor, my ass, man. Um, could you come with me? Cause I got to do something else first. I'm going to carry this package and put it in the trunk. It's going to be kind of heavy. And then we go get the food and we come back and I go, sure. No problem. Get in the car with them. We pick up the package. The shit is heavy. And if I'd have known it was that heavy, I'd have been like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Just kidding. I would have helped them out, but I would have looked at them mean the whole time. You bastard. You sick mother. Ooh, that was heavier than you said, you punk ass. So we go to the lunch truck and I'm walking down the street. You go, here it comes, man. You're going to finally meet it. And I just see this line of people but i don't see the truck yet i see a line of people and i'm going oh man this guy i don't blame him i'll be in line for this too he goes oh we ain't got to be in line man i come here all the time we can just go to the back of the truck we just walk around this corner and we go right up there oh, my food's right oh cool this guy see that's why we sent you because you built up the relationship with this guy and it's great and we turn the corner and i see the truck and the truck looks like it fell out of somebody's ass I mean, this truck looked like it fell out of somebody's ass. It looked like it fell out of the ass of someone who just lost a, a mud wrestling fight. This is the dirtiest, the most disgusting looking piece of shit truck in the world. I damn near stuck my fingers down my throat to vomit up the three weeks of food that I ate at this hunk of shit truck. Now, I'm a dude, and most guys don't give a crap. Women get a little, oh, that's just not clean enough. And most guys are like, hey, hey, if it ain't gonna kill you. You know, guys don't even have a five second rule. We gotta oh, there it is, rule, because, oh, there's that hot dog from last month, let me smell it, not bad, and eat it anyway, yes, you are, guys, I know that your, your wife might be right next to you listening to this in the car, or your girlfriend might be next to you listening to this, or your daughter might be next to you listening to this, or whatever, and I don't want you to try to lie to them, you use a lying sack of crap, you know you're disgusting with the stuff you eat, shut up, but this was just a, a bridge, to, this was way too far, Jack, because I'm looking at the truck going, oh my god, Oh, 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 I was dry heaving as I walked towards the truck. And I'm looking at all these people standing in line and they look like business professionals and highly educated people. And by highly educated, I don't necessarily just mean they have master's degrees and bachelor's degrees. I mean, highly educated people and evolved human beings who are open to knowledge, who are open to new ideas, who are smart people just in general. That's what I thought of these people. Boy, when I saw these jackasses eating food off of this truck that looked like it fell out of somebody's ass who's just lost a mud wrestling fight, I looked at them and I'm going, I don't even respect you as human beings I would have respected you more if there was a dog strapped up here and you just walked up and licked the dog's leg for lunch <clears throat> at least the dog allows itself to be washed on occasion but this truck 
this truck has grease on it. I, I guarantee you, if you scrape some grease off of the side of this truck, you'd see Richard Nixon's fingerprints in there. That's right, I said it. Get the hell out of here. And he's smiling. <laughs> I'm going, oh, you're buying one less plate of food here, Jack. What are you talking about? I'm going, this is this truck, this nasty-ass truck is the truck you bought the food that I put in my mouth? You bought food from here and get look at this guy right here this guy probably if you walked up to the guy cooking his food and asked him when he gets when he sneezes does he use a does he use a kleenex he would go what's a kleenex and then wipe his nose in his freaking sleeve oh my god he those are not sleeve those are his arms oh that is even more disgusting and you brought that food for me you sack of shit so i let him buy the food for himself he still bought the food for the other dudes. We go back to the place. On the way home, we go to the clean truck to get my stuff. And they're all looking at me. Why are you? Why'd you buy that? Why'd you waste all that money? And I said, really? And I showed them a picture of the truck on my phone. And they all vomited on top of that damn food. Which actually made it look better. The hell out of here. His truck was gross, and this fool bought it. Took I feel mad that not only that I ate the shit, but I paid for eating for that. This is the kind of restaurant that was so busy they probably had to hire an extra person just to spit in the food. That's right, I said it. They probably got somebody spitting in the food, and quite frankly, the spit would be the most hygienic stuff in that crap. Damn it! You know. And what I didn't tell you was one of the people in line was a health inspector. I'm going, ha-ha, a health inspector. They're going to shut this bastard down or make him clean up. And the health inspector is eating this shit. What the hell? What, aren't you the health inspector? Yeah. What are you doing? Ordering. So you're not going to shut this place down? Hell no. I would shut it down, but the damn sandwich is incredible. Besides, he bribes me, so fuck you. I went, huh, all right, business is business. So the moral of the story is, if you have a friend that's an idiot and he recommends something that's going to be put in your mouth, something you have to touch, follow the bastard and find out where it came from because you might be eating sandwiches with armpit chips in it, this sick bastard. Damn it. Even remembering this story makes me want to hurl. Um, this segment's over. After we just gonna go to the next segment. I think I'm fine, but I can't take it. My friends, my podcast audience, I gotta talk to you about this. Damn it! You would be so proud of the S machine, aka me. Why? <laughs> not the obvious reason. Not because of my genius podcast and my incredible comedy and the genius, insightful genius work and thoughts and things of that nature. No, damn it. Not just that. I expect you to be proud of that. Proud, damn it. But I'm proud of, you should be proud of me for something else entirely. That's right, I said it. I actually walked into a dollar store, walked around and walked out and didn't buy a damn thing. That's right, I did it. I know what you're thinking. You're going, that's impossible. No one in the world can walk into a dollar store and then walk out of the dollar store without buying something. Well, damn it, not everybody is S. Anthony Thomas. And it takes a man like me to do something like that, damn it. I did it. It's such an astounding feat that as I walked out of the store, a news crew showed up. They were all dressed in their jammies because they had been 
actually living there for six months, hoping they would find the elusive person who had the amount of willpower it takes to walk into a dollar store and walk out without buying anything. And they ran up to me, excuse me, excuse me, are you the great S. Anthony Thomas who does that genius podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> of course I am. What kind of stupid question is that? Can't you see the sign I have taped in my hat? And the lady said, I can't believe you did it. And I went, I know. And the Guinness people went, hey, hey, hey. You know that guy over there that's actually helping people and doing all sorts of great things overseas and we should talk about how amazing and wonderful he is? Tell that guy to go suck, his, suck, suck, suck an ass. We got to talk to this dude that walked in and out of a dollar store without buying something. And they pushed the Nobel Peace Prize winner down the street and told him to go do something important because who cares about that Nobel Prize crap and helping people? Who cares? S. Anthony Thomas walked into a dollar store and walked out without buying something you damn right. You can't even believe you heard such an astounding feat. And the thing that's amazing about it is that's actually true. Well, not the news part. That actually didn't happen and the Guinness people didn't show up. I actually embellished there a little bit. <laughs> I know you were actually believing me when I said that, but I just wanted to clarify that that was me just being a little a little weird there. <clears throat> anyway. But the thing is, it really is difficult to walk in and out of a dollar store without buying anything. I know that if you have a dollar store, um, I, I don't know when some of the... Um, this, for the people in the United States... You have dollar stores most likely around for the people in other countries, you know, Australia, UK, maybe Canada. Well, Canada, you probably have dollar stores there, too. And, and whatever other countries you're listening in. I don't know if you have a dollar store. A dollar store basically means things in the store cost a buck or a dollar, a U.S. dollar. That's what it means. And I actually went in with someone else. I wasn't going in for myself. And we actually had a bet. The guy goes, I bet you that you could not walk into this store because you've never walked into the dollar store and not walked out with something. I said, I bet you I can. He goes, I'll bet you. And we were in this store for about 20 minutes. I'm walking around. Me, man. Blah, 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 blah. He's picking up crap. He doesn't need tampons. I'll take them. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're one, you're a, you're a dude. Two, you have no girlfriend. Three, your mom's 80. I can't see anybody be buying this for. Who cares? It's a dollar. <laughs> Put it in the card. I'll take 10. <laughs> so he walks out with uh, $716 worth of bullshit, which surprisingly enough is about 716 items. <laughs> and I walked out and as I approached the door, he goes, oh my God, you're going to do it. And everyone in the store stopped and they looked at me and they went, this man was in this store for 15 minutes watching his friend buy crap he doesn't need. He's actually heading toward the door without an item. And as I got closer to the door, I looked back. And much like when the person is on a football field and the defenders are so far behind him they can't catch him before he gets into the end zone, I turned around with my back to the door looked at them, smiled, and walked out the door backwards while I pointed to everyone in the store with that Isaac from Love Boat point. They're like, yeah. And I walked out backwards because I'm that damn good. And the guy that I went with, he goes, man, thanks for the ride because my car is down. I want to pre appreciate you bringing me here to this thing, man. I can't believe it. I can't believe you were, you were good enough to walk through the dollar store and not buy anything. No one in the history of the world has done that. And I said, I know. And I stood there for a while in the parking lot looking to the sky with my hands on my hips, celebrating my amazing feet, something that's never happened in the history of mankind. And then my friend goes, well, you won the bet. And he handed me a dollar. 
and I walked back in and bought some tampons because they, they were just a dollar. They were just a dollar. So I just went and bought the tampons. Okay, that did not happen. I did not go back in and buy tampons. I bought a bra for a dollar. That didn't, it did not happen, but I like to squeeze on the bra and pretend there's a woman in it. Okay, that also did not happen. <laughs> but it was really weird because I, I did uh, go to a dollar store with a friend of mine. I, I, I was driving, I was driving him actually someplace else. And he goes, yeah, man, let's go to the dollar store. I go in and I, I literally did walk out without anything. And people were going, you didn't buy anything? They were looking at me strange. Which I, was, I was joking around about that. But the thing was, that's one of the few stores where most people literally can't walk in and not buy something. It's just almost impossible to do that. You know, you know, it's like a, like when you have a girlfriend or, or, or a wife, a lot of the times they will do, when you go shopping with them, they'll go stores where you can actually, it, technically it's okay to go into the store and not buy something. You can go to a Best Buy and walk around and not buy anything because those things cost some real money. You can go to a Sears or a Target or even a Walmart and look at stuff and not buy it. You know, because you're going to go, oh, that costs too much or, oh, you know, I, one of the things I don't understand is people that do that window shopping crap. I don't get that. Every girlfriend I've ever been with is always going window shopping. I don't understand the concept of window shopping. You know, I mean, it is, it, it, those two words shouldn't even go together. Now, the window part makes sense. There's a window there. I understand that part. Window. There's a window. I understand it. Shopping. You're not shopping. You're looking at shit. You're looking at stuff. And a lot of times they go window shopping for stuff they're not able to afford and will never get or don't really want, but just want to look at it. A lot of the, I'm sitting there going, well, you, we, we got in the car, you got all dressed up and you spent 45 minutes getting ready and then you made me miss something. And I thought we were coming to buy something and you came here to just look in the window. I mean, it'd be different if we were coming here to buy something else. And to do something else. And while we were here, you saw something and went, hey, that's interesting. And then went looking at it. I mean, I, that I understand. I've been there before. I've gone places where I was walking around a mall or something. And then I saw some electronic equipment in the, in the window. And I saw it and went, hmm, that looks interesting. Let me take a look at it. Let me read the stats on this because it's right there in the window. I've done that. But I've never gotten all dressed up, got my best suit on and all. Yeah, put the thing and shaved up, clipped up everything, got the thing, the hair going, got the sunglasses, got the smooth watch on, put the new shoes on, got it all, put the perfume, the perfume on and come down. Yeah, and then go into the mall and all right, I'm here. Let me look at some stuff I'm not going to buy. Oh, man, that stuff looks good. It looks real good. Okay, now that I've seen it, I'm not going to go home because I, I really didn't even come here to buy it. I just came here to come look at some stuff. Yes, I could have looked at it on the internet, and um, or more importantly, I could have just not come here at all because I'm never going to buy that, but I decided to get all dressed up in my, my best clothes and get look good and put the perfume on and put the new shoes on and put the suit on and come down here and look at some stuff. They shouldn't even call it window shopping. It's called, they should call it window looking at shit you're not going to get because that's what it is. It's shit you're not getting. Why am I here, damn it? That's what I'm thinking. Why am I here? Window shopping is never and can never be the meal. The meal is actual shopping. Going there with some money in your pocket, with the credit card. I'm going to go get some stuff and then you do the window shopping. You do the window shopping when you're on the way there. You do your window shopping when you're walking out. You do your window shopping if it's a store next to where you're actually going to make a purchase, but you don't make a special trip of just window shopping. That doesn't make any sense and it needs to be stopped, damn it. Forget all these laws about all these other crap in Wall Street. Oh, you're never going to stop people from Wall Street from being a bunch of thieving bastards. They're always going to be thieving pieces of shit. You know it. And damn it, I know it.
they're thieving bastards. But what you can stop is having dudes have to go window shopping. I would never ask a woman to go window shopping with me. Listen, I'm going to go down there and look at some uh, new podcast recorders and some new electronic equipment. Would you like to go down there with me? Oh, sure. Would you, you, want to, you want my opinion on it? Oh, no, no, no. I just want you to stand next to me while I look at it and imagine being able to afford it. And we're going to do that for three hours. <laughs> What's with the mace? Put the mace down. Put the mace down. Because that's what happened. They would mace you. Trust me. They will mace you. They're not going to mace you like you're some kind of murderer or something. They'll just mace you just enough to piss you off. Because they, they, I mean, you actually belong to them. So they're not going to hurt you bad. But they will mace you. They might put it on your shirt and then kind of put their hand in front of your shirt. And you know how you try to waft the flavor up when you're smelling something? I mean, to waft the smell up when you're standing over a meal and you just want to wave your hand. to get the smell to go to your face. They'll do that. They'll spray the pepper spray on your stomach and put your hand over your stomach and try to wave the pepper spray into your nose. Because they don't want to hurt you bad. They just want you to make you feel uncomfortable. I, I mean, according to what other people, what's happened to them. Because that's never happened to me last month. Anyway, what I'm saying is, damn it, the window shopping is an add-on. It can never be the main thing. The window shopping, window shopping is like the magazines at a supermarket, damn it. You're in line at the store to buy products, to buy food, and the the damn magazine is right there. You pick the magazine up, you read it. You're not buying, spending eight bucks on that bullcrap magazine to find out that President Obama has six heads and Michelle Obama is a professional juggler on the side, those made-up bullcrap stories. Get the hell out of here. You're not buying that crap, but you'll read it. You'll read it because you're there, and there's nothing wrong with reading it because you're there. But how crazy would it be if you got all dressed up and dolled up, got into your car, drove down to the supermarket, didn't even pick up any of the products and just stood in line reading magazines all day? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Of course it would. Unless you were like having supermarkets, uh, 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 security guards drag you out and smack you around and throw you through the glass window like your Axel Foley in the 1984 hit Beverly Hills Cop, damn it. Yes, I made an old reference. Shut up. It's you wouldn't do that crap no hell no why because just like window shopping the magazine is an add-on it's something that happens while you're doing something else you bastards when you go to mcdonald's who 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 is ever in the history of the world i think more people have driven to mcdonald's just for the apple pie than people that have gone out of a dollar store without paying for stuff of course it doesn't happen it never happens no one gets into their car and goes you know what i really would like I would like one McDonald's apple pie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive out and get this pie that's the size of a half a deck of, a half a deck of cards. That's exactly what it's worth. Of course, the amount of gas it's going to cost me to drive all the way to the McDonald's is worth more than the damn pie, you know. But I'm going to get the pie anyway. Of course, of course, I'm going to buy the pie, and I'm because I love the pie so much. I'm not going to I'm not going to actually eat the pie until I go home, and then it's going to be ice cold, much like their fucking French fries, which get cold before you even get into the fucking out of the damn parking lot. <laughs> and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and I'm going to microwave the pie and then it's going to be all dried out and it's going to be not even worth the trip but I'm an idiot so I'm going to do it anyway <laughs> no you go there for a meal you go there for your damn hamburger your fries and your soda damn it and then they go excuse me hi would that be all or would you like to have three cookies with that would you like to add some apple pie or cookies with your meal you know what I would like to add on some apple pies because it's an add-on, damn it. Just like window shopping is an add-on. It's an add-on, damn it. And don't ever let anybody tell you different. I know your girlfriend's going to make you go window shopping. It's okay. If it's Christmas time, go window shopping with her. And then when she asks you, what do you get me for Christmas? Go, you know what I got you for Christmas? That three hours of window shopping. That's what you should, you should say that. 
Now, if you actually do say that, um, you're gonna you, something bad's gonna happen to you because not only were you gonna have to buy her the gift, but you're gonna find out that ambulance rides are kind of expensive and 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 so are uh, hospital bills. Even though if you have insurance, the insurance will pay for most of the hospital bill, but there will be some kind of copay that's gonna come out of your pocket. And it's gonna be money that you didn't have to spend if you weren't trying to be a smartass. Because you shouldn't really take one of these rants that I have on my podcast. You should not take them literally because I would never actually do that to a girlfriend of mine. I I, I actually I'll actually go window shopping because I'm not nuts. You probably can't tell that there was a pause in the podcast a moment ago. Maybe you heard the doorbell ring, but how dare the UPS man come to the house and bring me something that I purchased at a time when I'm recording my podcast. He, damn it, maybe I'm going to start doing some window shopping. Because when you window shop, instead of really shop, UPS guys don't come to your house and bring you stuff that you bought. The UPS guy's never going to come to your house and go, hey, here's that stuff you were just looking at. I know I'm interrupting your podcast by delivering this, you know, when I said I was going to deliver it, but damn it, I'm delivering it. It wouldn't happen. I ch- everything I just said about window shopping, forget it. Go window shopping, damn it. Just kidding. Do not go window shopping. (laughs) You know, if you really think about it, guys actually do go window shopping. There is window shopping for guys. Window shopping for dudes is strip clubs. And it's really one of the dumbest things that you can do as a dude, you know, if you really take it seriously, you know. Because if I'm if I see a woman naked, me personally, if I see a woman naked dancing to music, sweaty and gyrating, I'm going to want to get it on with her. And I don't go to strip clubs because to me, like I said, it's window shopping. You're a naked woman and you're gyrating in my face and there's music playing and you're doing handstands and all of that kind of stuff. The, the S machine is going to want to go up in that garage with his vehicle. You know, you see those guys, oh, look, look, the girl that, oh, she really likes me. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom, boom. She got her butt in my face. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom. Don't put some money in there. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom, jiggity. I have no money left, honey. You want to dance? Where are you going? Where are you going? Because of the money gone? The money's gone? That's it? That's really? I'm going to go to the ATM machine to get some more money. Oh, man. Hey, more money. Boom, well, she's back. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom. Oh, man. Boom, boom, I thought she didn't like me. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom. And as it turns out, she does like me. Boom, boom, jiggity, boom, da, boom. I have no money left. Where are you going? Oh, shit, I gotta go to the ATM machine so she'll like me again. <laughs> right? And a lot of these guys that actually go to the damn strip club and ladies that go to the strip club sitting there putting some mutant money in some dude's balls, you got somebody at home who, you, you know, you're not going to do anything with the stripper either because the stripper is not going to want to get it on with you because he or she knows you're just window shopping or, you know, you really don't want to get it on with the person. You just want to look at somebody who looks great and in great shape and look at him, look at those, look at his this and his that and look at his six pack and then, <laughs> yeah, look at that girl's ass, look at him, I like to put this, my stuff in her stuff and put my thing on her thing and put my mouth on her things and squeeze on her things. I like to take his stuff and put it in my stuff and grab his stuff and play with his thing and put his thing in, well, I wouldn't put his thing in my thing, but I really can fantasize about putting his thing up in my stuff and, you know, you're not going to do anything. And then when you think about all the money you spend at a strip club, this is actually dumber than going window shopping because this is window shopping that actually costs you real money. 
You're giving money to a woman that you find attractive who is not going to get it on with you. You're putting your money behind the balls of a guy who wouldn't give you the time of day. But there's a guy at home whose balls you play with willingly, who you signed a contract. You put a ring on your finger and said, this guy's balls are my balls and I'm playing with just these balls. I'll go look at other balls and stuff money behind other balls, but I'm not going to get it on with somebody else's balls, just this guy's balls. And dudes, it's the same thing, you sick bastards. It's the same thing. I have a woman at home who's nude. I have a woman at home who's willing to get it on with me. And I'm going to just get it on with her, damn it. I'm not going to get it on with anybody else. I'm just going to get it on with that woman. And that's that. And that's the end of that. But look at this stuff on this lady right here. Look at her stuff. I love her stuff too. But I'm not going to touch her stuff. I'm not going to mess with her stuff. I have a woman at home and lets me play with her stuff. And when you think about the amount, by the way, if you heard me rustling, it's because I, I was so enthusiastic about this incredible rant that I'm on that I almost fell out the chair. You see, most people wouldn't be honest enough to tell you that. They would try to be cool and play it off. And I probably shouldn't have told you that because this is not a video podcast. You didn't really know that I was sitting here looking cool and then almost fell off the chair and busted my ass. But you know what? I like you guys so much and there's been so many new people coming along. I feel comfortable enough to let you know that me, the S-Man, was sitting here looking cool, recording the segment of his podcast and almost fell out of the chair and busted his ass. But because I am cool, I caught myself at the last minute and I still kept talking. That's how good I am, damn it. Back to the rant. But if you're sitting there putting your money in the the balls of another dude or in the boobs of another woman, think about the amount of money you spent just because that person has a nice body. Do you realize if you took that exact same amount of money and put it in a jar and saved it up, you could have bought your spouse and yourself a damn gym membership and then both of you would have the same bodies as the people you're giving the damn money to. And then you'd have that exact same body as the dude who's up there with his money behind his balls. And she'd have the exact same body of the lady who you stick in the glitter, between the glitter boobs. And then you could put money in each other's butts and boobs and six packs and stuff. And she could put money under your balls because you got a six pack. And you could put your money between her now healthy, fit boobs. Damn it. And then you could actually get it on with the person with the nice body instead of fantasizing about them while you get it on with that slob you're married to. Yeah, that's right. I called your husband a slob. And yeah, that's right. I called your wife a slob. I'm just kidding because I'm a bit of a slob myself, but I'm getting in better shape. Fuck y'all. Now, listen. So the <laughs> so the moral of the story is, my friend, don't go window shopping. And if you go to the dollar store, keep it cool. Don't be like my jackass friend buying 600 and 65 tampons because they're cheap that's dumb be like me just buy 10 tampons because they're cheap because that's smart and if anybody needs any dollar store tampons uh, let me know because I got like 10 of them here I don't know what the hell I was thinking buying this bullshit that was just stupid segments over alright guys you know what I want to talk to you about today about how we should make sure before we react to someone who we think is racist Let's make sure they're actually racist first, because if they're actually racist, then you can blast them. If they're not racist, don't waste your time. This this is the story. Uh, At the time, I'm a young kid, maybe 17, 18 years old, and I was doing some open mics and some showcases in my hometown of Philadelphia. On the show also was a little kid, little Italian kid, who he was a little kid, and he wanted to try stand-up, and he saw me do a set, and it was a packed house, and it went well. And, you know, I guess I became like a hero to him or some crap like that because he was a young kid and I was an older kid. I was 17, 18 or whatever. His dad, uh, like my set also, and he was with his son, obviously, because you, know, you have to accompany the kid. And he comes up to me and goes, hey, you, you're funny. I like you. You know, Frankie likes you. Look, I'm doing the show this Saturday. 
you want to come in or do a couple minutes, it's outdoors. And we know we're the band there, but it's a festival. It's the Italian festival. You can come down, do a few minutes. I'll give you a couple hundred dollars. All right. So I go, yeah, sure. No problem. I show up. And it's like I said, like he said, it's the Italian festival. And there's a lot of people out there. You know, they're all wearing their flags. I don't see any brothers there but me. You know, so I go there and everybody's cool. Everybody's really nice. It's just a, just a really great group of people. You know, just, just really nice. There's a technical problem on the stage with the band's equipment. The microphones work, but for some reason they can't get the music to come out. So it was something going on. I don't know exactly what it was. So I go on and I'm doing my thing. And there's a couple hundred people out there. And I don't know what to expect. And I walk out and, you know, they were really, really nice. I don't know why they were so nice to me. And they were, you know. This next guy, you see them at the Comedy Works in Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. Here he is, and he introduces me. I walk out. They're clapping. Yay! So I'm doing my routine, and I'm thinking I'm only going to be up there five or six minutes, and it's going really well. You know, and if you've ever, anybody who's a live performer or seen a live performance, you know when the audience is just really in love with what's going on, it's to the point where even the performer is shocked by the reaction. It was one of those. So I do a joke. <sighs> I'm going, jeez. In my head, I'm going, good God. This is a great, can I take these people everywhere? So I look back and the guy who, who asked me there is giving me the hand signal to, to say stretch. And as it turns out, they can't solve the problem, but they don't want the show to stop because the people will, will go and leave the performance area and begin milling around outside with the rest of the crowd because there are people walking his food all over the place and everybody's having a great time. So I'm going on and on and on. And now that I realize I'm going to have to be up there for a longer period of time and I've used up the material I had put together specifically for this performance, I start going into my regular act. And performing, you know, as if I'm getting paid. But I guess technically I, I was getting a couple of hundred bucks, so I was getting paid, so it didn't matter. So I'm really, I'm really going for it now. And now they're going, they're even going more crazy. And what I started to notice was, which was amazing, was the people that were walking along the street outside were hearing the laughter and applause coming from this area, and they started to slowly pour in. And then they joined the crowd, and then they're laughing, and then some people walked out and got more people, and all of a sudden I, the, the audience was was about two hundred. There's now 400, 500, 700, 800, 900, 1,500 people stuffed in there. And I'm looking going, Jesus Christ. You know, so I'm doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I went from 200 people being there to 1,500 people crammed into this area because they're enjoying the show. And I'm, I'm really happy about this. The other part, the thing that was hilarious was there was these, these greased poles. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but there were these dudes kind of climbing on top of each other, reaching up to get some meat that was hanging up. I don't know what the hell the deal was with that. And they stopped, and they were watching me. I couldn't. I'm going, what the hell is going on here? And I busted the punchline. I think I teased the guys on the pole about something. I don't know what the joke was. It was something like, you, you can get that meat at the supermarket. Why the hell are you going through all of this? They laughed, and then they fall down. And I'm going, oh, man, it's the greatest. So I leave the stage. Hey, everybody's clapping. It's going nuts. It's great. And all these people there, and I'm really proud of the thing. I walk off the stage and there's the little kid Frankie and he's just, his eyes are huge because now, you know, he saw what happened and my eyes were huge because I couldn't believe what just happened. I'm walking off and now he, you know how kids are, he's walking backwards and he's being really gracious with everybody because his dad was the one that put that section together and didn't expect the crowd that size. So he's walking, he's offering people food. Hey, you want this? You want that? And the way it was set up was there were two tables along the way, along the way out of there. And on one side of the, on one table, they had meats and things of that nature. And on the other table, they had dessert, fruit, and things of that nature. So and he's, you know, kids walk backwards and they're singing and, hey, well, hey, how you doing? How, hey, you want some of this? You want some of that? He's offering, you know, 
you know, somebody comes, you want some ham? Because the ham just happened to be next to him. And he turns to the other side. You want some, um, you, you, you want some bananas? You know, because that, that was what was on both sides of him. On one side was ham. One side, one side was bananas. And then that person goes, and, oh, yeah, sure, Katie, I'll take that. The next thing he's backing up and he's, he sees somebody else. Hey, 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 do you like the show? Yeah, I know him. I know him. And hey, hey, do you want some? And then he would point to the meat. Do you want some fish? And then he turned to the other side. Do you want some? And I think it was, I don't know, apples, whatever it is. And, the kid, and everybody's trying to be nice to the kid. Yeah, yeah, sure, kid, I'll take that. He sees me. Hey, how you doing? That was great. Oh, that was great. He and everybody's looking. And because they had just seen me on stage, everybody, you know, after a show, everybody looks at you and smiles and nods like, yeah, give you the thumbs up. So now, because I had just walked off the stage and these people had just seen me there and we're all there at the same time, they're, they're all kind of staring at me. So the people that were just watching me for about 45, 48 minutes on stage and loved it are now staring at me as I'm walking and this kid's, yeah, woo, woo, woo. And they're like, yeah, give me that thumbs up. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Thank you. I'm giving them the, the silent thank you. So the kid doing exactly the same thing to me, being gracious, backing up, and he, he then offers me two things. But it just so happened at that specific moment. Hey, you want some of this and some of this? As it turns out, it was very, very unfortunate food and fruit placement. Because what he said to me was, hey, hey, you want some chicken? Which was what was on one table. And then he turns to the other table. And some watermelon? Now, that was a complete fluke. It just so happened that at that moment, my walking and him walking, we just happened to be between fried chicken and watermelon. That just happened to be there. And I have never seen that many people who were that loud and go, yay, whoa, yeah, clapping, cheering, stomping, high-fiving. That group of people that loud were silent. And I'm telling you, I think somewhere outside, I think I heard an ant fart. Um, I think I heard the heartbeat of someone about six blocks away. And I'm not sure, but I think I heard the future. It was like a pin to drop and would be deafening. That's how quiet it was. And the kid didn't, and everyone's looking at the kid, looking at me, and they don't know. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. And I looked at the kid, and I gave him a hug, and I said, you know what? The chicken I like, but I'm really more of a grapes guy. And then I started laughing. And then his dad, who had just seen that and was also wide-eyed and mouth open, he started laughing. And then I, I picked the kid up, and I put him on my shoulders. I said, come on, let's go get something to eat. And then everyone went, you, you literally could hear this large group of people go, <sighs> and then it went back to regular chatter level, <laughs> you know, and that was one of those weird moments where something happened that was just a complete fluke. It was a fluke. Literally, this was a massive table on both sides, and it just happened at that specific moment. I happened to be standing between chicken and watermelon and this gracious kid who really loved me and thought I was his hero, offered me, just offering me food and fruit that he had offered everybody else, but this was just the worst place, <laughs> the worst place in the world. If I had asked me a second earlier, it would have been, I don't know, fish and some fucking pineapple. If he had asked me a second later, it would have been, you know, uh, hoagies and fucking some sodas. But just that one moment. And it just goes to show you how weird it is when something happens that, people might think is racist but it isn't racist and we have to be careful about that because i see a lot of times in the, in the media where people will just blast somebody for being racist or blast somebody for being something that they're not without taking very very careful and close stock of the situation look at it carefully first check out what's happening carefully first because it may not be 
a bigot. It may not be racism. It may not be that. If it's not that, let it go. It was an honest mistake, if that's the case. Now, if it is racist, then get in their ass. If it is homophobic, get on them. If it is misogynistic, get on them. If it is bigotry in any way, get on them. Let them know you have the right to say that, and I have the right to tell you that you're wrong for saying that, and this is why. Because that's the way it should be. But we have to make very, very, we have to be very, very careful that we make sure that we don't accuse people of something that they didn't do and accuse people of being something that they aren't. That kid wasn't racist. He, like I said, we just happened to be there. And quite frankly, the shit was hilarious to me. Because like I said, I've never seen a group of people that were that loud. I mean, they were going nuts and it was great because I was the reason they were going nuts. And then I was also the reason that they went really silent. And that shit was fucking hilarious. Now that kid is, I don't know how old, the kid's a grown man now. You know, we're still cool. We're Facebook friends and everything. And he goes, he goes, hey, uh, yo, S, you want to? You know what? Remember that Italian festival I went to when we were kids? I said, yeah. He said, remember that watermelon shit that happened? I said, yeah, I do. He goes, you know what? You should podcast that, man. I said, you know what? I think I will. I think I will. Well, hello, hello. Uh, I'm S. Anthony. My name is actually S. Anthony Thomas, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Um, Before I get started, I just wanted to say one thing. First of all, thank you. For, if you can hear this, thank you for checking me out. I hope you enjoy yourself um, with what's coming up right after this and what's going to be coming up in the future. I'm a comedian, and the the title of this thing here, essentially, if you've seen the cover art, it says, S. Anthony says, uh, comedian, work in perpetual progress. We're going to have a good time here, and there's going to be a lot of things here. There's going to be comedy here. There'll be interviews here. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to do a lot of really cool things here, and I want to thank you for checking me out. Now, just to let you know, if you're expecting to hear the exact same thing here again and again and again, that's never going to happen. Uh, I get bored easily with things, so I usually do move on to something else pretty quickly. And so we try to keep it light and fun, but sometimes we like to be serious. So we're going to have a great time here. Once again, I just want to thank you very, very much for checking me out. And we're going to have fun. So here we go. It's time for the first one. Let's get to it. people would stop dissing the dollar store there's nothing wrong with the dollar store my friends used to give me a hard time because i would shop at the dollar store and they weren't the only ones uh, at the time i it was a girl that was staying with me in my apartment i had a better apartment than she did she was my girlfriend at the time and she would always get what are you doing shopping at this dollar store it's gross you have enough money that you don't have to do that you're just being cheap i can't believe you're doing this you need to just stop it and you need to and it would go on for an hour i mean she really she, if she had caught me with her sister with her mom filming it she wouldn't have yelled at me as long and as loud as when she realized i had brought stuff keep in mind this is my apartment into my house that she was in all the time from the dollar store. I can't believe it. <sighs> and I'm, you know, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, that's, you know how guys are. Sometimes when a woman's yelling at you, giving you a hard time, you just kind of shut your mouth and go, all right, whatever. So we go to bed, and uh, you know, some good stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night, 
and uh, you know and somehow i had i was facing away from her maybe we had shifted during the night uh, uh, during sleeping and i rolled back over to, you know i was going to give her a big hug and you know go back to sleep holding her and uh, okay i'm going to tell you the truth um i just wanted to squeeze on her butt all right, you had the beautiful black juicy ache behind, and I wanted to put my hands on it and squeeze it while I went to sleep, okay? I admit it now, all right? So I roll over to squeeze her delicious buttocks, and I realize she's not there. So my first thought is, wait a minute. I know she did not get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start smoking again. Uh-uh, no, no. She promised me she was going to stop smoking, and I'm going to sneak out there, and I'm going to catch her smoking on the balcony, and I'm going to read her the riot act, damn it. But that's not what I saw when I walked out of the bedroom. You know what I saw? I'll tell you what I saw. She was bent over in the refrigerator eating. And she was obviously hiding in the refrigerator because she didn't want to hear, you know, she didn't want me to hear what she was doing. And the only thing that could have been, that was, she could have possibly been, been eating is the stuff that I bought from the dollar store. You know, the place that made her yell at me for an hour? Okay, actually, to be honest with you, I didn't think that first because um, she was naked and bending over into the refrigerator. And all I, my first thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some of that. That was my first thought. And then my second thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some more of that. And my third thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some. Okay, my first 414 thoughts were, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some of that. Then I got upset. So I walk up behind her and she's naked. And at the time, so am I. And I slide up behind her, and I poke her in the butt cheek. Of course, I didn't use my hands, because there was something else available. She rockets up. Oh, um, uh, well, um, uh, um, <laughs> um, well, and she knows she's guilty. She knows she's wrong, but she screamed at me for an hour. And now she's standing there, eating the stuff that I left. And I saw her standing there, and remember, she's still naked. But now she's naked and facing me, and there's um, there's mayonnaise on her mouth, and she's naked, and I'm naked, and she's there naked with mayonnaise on her mouth, and she's naked. <sighs> Did I mention that she was naked? I just want to let you know right now that um, I wasn't angry anymore. Nope, wasn't mad at all. In fact, I forgot that I was angry, and uh. Something else happened afterwards. Um, I took her by the hand and, you know, some other stuff happened. I, I'm not going to say what happened. I will tell you what it rhymes with. It rhymes with ducking. Serious ducking. You know, because we went back and, uh, I, like I said, I'm not going to tell you what happened or be gross. Or just, I'm going to tell you what it rhymes with. First, um, I put her in the bed and micked her mamina. Uh, then she gave me a long, slow mo blob followed by about 30 to 45 minutes of maginal mentor course and because it was close to my birthday she gave me uh, she let me have some manal becks so um, I'm just gonna say that uh, you know dollar stores are good things dollar stores are good things not because they, they they give you bargains that you normally wouldn't have had but because at four o'clock in the morning a few years ago with that girl who I was with but I'm not with now but I still think of that fondly I got some manal mechs when I normally wouldn't have got any manal mechs. And I really want to thank the dollar store for the bargains and for the deep manal mechs that I got. Thank you, dollar store. You're the greatest. It always amazes me how guys don't understand that other people's bodies belong to them and not to you. It's like a baby. You know, like a baby will just grab your face and 
you know, bite your face or lick your face or, you know, the, the, you know, the baby just the, doesn't know, doesn't think in terms of you being separate from them. And some guys are the same way, man. You know, I was watching these two guys. It was this, this young lady. She was like 19, 20 years old. And I'm buying a sandwich. And they follow her into the store. And at first, because of the physical closeness that they had, I thought that they were a couple or something. And that the other guy was maybe the tag along. As it turns out, it was just a guy following this girl down the street, trying to hug her. Hey, girl, come on now. Let me just get a hug. Come on now. She's like, no, get away from me. He said, come on, let me just touch your hair or something. And he's like, trying. He's like, she said no. And he's trying to put his arms around her waist and, and kiss her on the cheek and stuff. And and then these idiots look at me like I'm going to give them the seal of approval. I looked at him with this look of disgust on my face. And the kid was about to say something to me. And then he thought better of it because he probably realized he was about to get knocked the fuck out if he tried anything. And then he left. And the lady, you know, and the girl looks at me kind of, you know, kind of saying thank you with, thank you with her face. And I just nodded at her and then they left. But that always amazed me. I never understood guys that acted like that. Did you see a woman on the street that they like and they figure they, they can just walk up and start touching her and stuff and saying all sorts of ridiculousness to her. Never understood that. Even when I had friends that did that, I didn't like it. You know, I'd be walking down the street and the guy, yo, girl, blah, 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 and he would say something rude. And I'd look at him like, yo, dude, what's up? Shut up, man. You know, not that I care what another dude does, but it's like, come on, man, just calm down. Because I wouldn't even want a woman that would respond to that bullshit. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't even want that. Because look how, how much self-esteem does she have if she responds to bullshit like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I love squeezing on some delicious butt and some delicious breasts. Because if a woman is mine, make no mistake, my hands are going to be on her delicious breasts and that delicious buttocks as much as possible. But call me crazy i like to have permission to touch people i don't like anybody touching me even if you're a gorgeous woman if i don't know you don't touch me you know what i'm saying and this this, this goes to show you something funny that happened to me uh, a little while ago i was there's this uh guy that stops off at the donut shop uh he's a homeless guy you know and i give him some money whenever i see him you know uh, he won't i tried to get him some help but he, he just won't do it um and he, and he, you know, I tried to get him some place where he can get clean, but he just, he just won't do it. So every time he shows up, he's always, you know, you know, I know that he's covered in, you know, you know, his human stuff, if you understand what I'm saying, because um, he doesn't necessarily have the best bathroom facilities. But, you know, unless you know right away, you can't tell that's what's about to happen. So when I give him money, he has this thing where he likes to hug people that give him money. I was like, nah, that's all right. Uh, I just told him, said, you know, I really don't like people hugging me. No offense. I mean, really, I didn't want to say, you know what? I really don't want to be covered in piss and crap. Okay, here's the money. You know, chill. So I'm in the store, and a guy that I don't even dislike the guy, but he's a bit of a dick. He's one of those guys that you grew up with that always thought he was better than you, and I don't mean better than you at something. I mean better as an entity, just better. You're less. He's up here. You're down there. And he was horrible to me as a kid. And uh, I figured, you know, we're adults now, you know, and I haven't seen him in a few years. I figured, you know, let bygones be bygones. I'm going to go up, shake the guy's hand, you know, and we'll say hello to him. Nothing has changed with this guy. Nothing. He is the same walking pile of hot guano he was 20 years ago. Okay. And and I'm doing pretty good, you know, and he's doing pretty good, too. But for some reason, he thinks, yeah, oh, hello, yes. <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what he said, but basically, it was essentially him trying to put me down, not realizing that that kind of shit doesn't bother me. The hell do I care what somebody else thinks? And then he starts being really rude with it. 
and then he starts becoming really rude with other people and trying to insult people that come into the store and thinking I'm going to go along with it. And I'm thinking, nah, man. And I said, dude, will you just calm down? Just relax. He gets he gets more rude and more obnoxious to the point where I wanted to slap the shit out of him. So I'm like, all right, man, you take care of yourself. And I walk out. And he's following me out being a dick. So I see the guy that I was talking about a little earlier, the, the homeless guy with the, you know, the hygiene problem. And I give him a dollar. And I, all right, man, take care. And he says, okay, thanks, man. I'm walking away. And Mr. Obnoxious sees that I gave him a dollar and decides he wants to one-up me. So what does he do? He goes, hold on, hold on, let me give you some real money. He actually said that. <laughs> so I'm walking to my car, and I'm and I'm looking back like, what, is, what a dickhead. He gives the guy the ten and then looks at me and kind of smirks as if to say, you gave him one, I gave him ten. And as I said, this guy loves to hug people that give him money. He gives him the biggest wraparound bear hug you could possibly give. The kind of hug your grandpa would give you if he hadn't seen you for five years. The kind of hug you'd give a young child that you hadn't seen for a while. I mean, just hugged him for, I mean, it had to have been 10, 12 seconds. I know that because I was laughing the entire time because I knew what was about to happen. So he goes, oh, yeah, 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 and the guy gets off of him. And then he notices that he is now, let's just say, not the best smelling guy in the world. He stinks. Physically stinks. Which is ironic because, quite frankly, he stinks as a person also. And that was hilarious. Yeah, life is good. <laughs> hey, I almost got stabbed to death at a donut shop. How was your morning? It's not as dramatic as it sounds. It was just that we, I was at a donut shop this morning. This is a weird thing. And there were two teenage girls bragging about fighting two other teenage girls. Now, that's bad enough. But what actually happened was the teenage girls that were bragging about fighting were pregnant. And they were fighting two other pregnant teenage girls. So I'm standing at the counter. I'm trying to get my green tea. And they're, they're talking over there. And, you know, they're, they're really animated about how they're going about their stories. And then and she came downstairs with a butcher knife. And I knew that bitch was going to do it. So I had a, I had a big knife in my purse too and i had a nun and then they had guns in it and i'm sitting there going you're all pregnant and you're and I'm, well this is what i was thinking i didn't say it to them they're, they're talking about fighting and about to stab somebody and shoot people and it's a room full of pregnant people and, and it doesn't even occur to them that that was a really dumb idea so they look over at me and they start smiling at me and you know as if you know they think i'm going to become involved in listening to this ridiculousness I didn't. And they were trying to involve people. You know how when a person is animated and they start looking toward looking at you while they're telling the story, hoping to draw you into the conversation. They they tried to do that with everyone, but nobody wanted to hear this. We're all just thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? So she's animated and she's a little hyped up because of the story. She turns to buy her, her, her food at the counter, and the lady behind the counter was new and mistakenly thought that she hadn't paid for it. So instead of going, oh, no, 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 I did pay for it. Just ask the other lady. She slams her hand on the counter. Bam, I paid for it. What the fuck you mean I didn't pay for it? I'll turn this whole place out. You mother. That's, all, that's what she started to sound like after a while. And then she looks at the lady behind the counter and says, you know what? You ain't nothing but a stupid. And then she uses an epithet, a racial epithet that's usually the directed at Chinese people. I'm not going to repeat it because I refuse to say words like that, but you get the idea, okay? 
And the lady behind the counter goes, no, I'm uh, what? I'm, uh, I'm not Chinese, I'm Cambodian. She looks back at the lady and then says something to her that, as it turns out, was a specific racial epithet for Cambodian people. Because the lady behind the counter was surprised, that, first of all, that the lady knew it and that she would actually say it. And we're all looking at her like, what? And my first thought is literally, who has a, Cambo a Cambodian-specific racial epithet in the holster ready to go? Most people don't even know what a racial epithet for a Cambodian is, especially if it's Cambodian-specific. But she had that sucker ready to go in the holster. I mean, I just imagine her at home going, you know what, tomorrow we're going to have a nice loud discussion in the donut shop about our knife fight the night before, you know, when we were in that house full of other pregnant teenagers and we had knives in our purses and we were about to stab each other and get shot. And then the police came and dragged us all out. But just in case that lady behind the counter says something, Let's go Google Cambodia and then find out the worst disgusting racial epithet we can say towards the Cambodians. I mean, I can't imagine it. Who has a Cambodian-specific racial epithet ready to go? Not somebody I want to talk to, and definitely not somebody I want to stand next to, because this lady was just trouble personified. So now she's screaming and yelling and everybody's trying to calm her down, and... Then she starts getting ready to go into her purse. Now, you can see that there's a knife in the purse. And she's about to pull it out. She looks at me, and she's angry at the... I wasn't angry at me. Couldn't have been angry at me because I didn't say anything to her. She was probably just angry at the space I was standing in. And she's... I'm sitting there going, Is this babe going to stab me because I happen to be standing next to her? Is she crazy? Well, I'm alive, so it didn't happen. But it just goes to show you. Most people think it's dangerous to go to a nightclub and it's dangerous to hang around in rough neighborhoods. And I'm telling you right now, after this morning, I'm thinking one of the most dangerous places in the world is a donut shop. Parents, keep your kids from donut shops. If you know what's good for you. This is a message from Miley Cyrus from S. Anthony. Miley, you've been getting in a lot of trouble lately for the way you've dressed and some of the magazine articles you've done and some of the way... You've been posing and revealing outfits, and most recently you've gotten in trouble for, you know, your dancing at the VMAs, the outfits you wore, and also for you twerking in front of Robin Thicke's junk. But I'm telling you something right now, Miley. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you need to do, you keep doing it. And in fact, I would like to offer you something. If you ever feel the need to bend over and rub your 20-year-old ass on some available junk, I want to let you know, Miley, I'm there for you. That's right. Any time of the day or night, if you feel the need to bend over and rub your 20-year-old ass on some available junk, you call S. Anthony and I'll help you out. And I'm not the kind of person that likes to be too selective, meaning keeping people out. This is a message to any attractive 20-year-old woman, especially if you're rich like she is. If you need to rub your junk, your, your, uh, your buttocks on someone's junk, I'll be there for you too. That's right. Your butt's in the air and you want to put it on something? My junk's available. In fact, if there's any attractive women out there who want to rub their butts on my junk, I'm, I'm, I'm also available for you, too. So if there's basically if you're a woman and you want to rub your butt on something, my junk's available. Um, Don't get the wrong idea. Don't think that I'm trying to get some kind of disgusting sexual gratification of rubbing my junk against 20 year old women. No, that's that's wrong. This is about me giving back to the community, the world community. Not just any man will make his junk available 
for attractive 20-year-old women to rub their butts on it. But I'll do it, because it needs to be done. And when things like this need to be done, you come to me as Anthony, the man whose junk is available for 20-year-old women. Yeah, I like to give back. Now, if you like more help like this, please subscribe to this channel and like everything that I do because it's, it's worthy. It's worthy of being liked because, like I said, not just any man would make his junk available for attractive 20-year-old women to rub their butts on. Yeah. Well, folks, you can't say I didn't warn you. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to get weirder from here. I just want to thank you guys for checking it out. Hope you come back for more because there will be more. And uh, I had fun. I hope you did, too. Once again, thanks for checking it out. And until next time, S. Anthony out. while up in here.